My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today... It is the WNR one two five. We are doing our top twenty five women of wrestling. Yeah. So the top twenty five women we've done our top fifty list of male wrestlers, we've done our tag teams. Now we're focusing on the women. We've just had the May Young Classic that happened. Of course WNR one two five celebrating all the women in wrestling. Now you're gonna hear us talk about these twenty five. Uh, that we picked out, but it was very hard picking them out, Dan, wasn't it? You know, it was. Yeah, there was some bartering on both parts, and uh, some bloodied eyes and some broken noses. But we've we've come to some sort of agreement, and James still owes me a twenty pound note. <laughs> yeah, for a couple on the list. Are you looking forward to this list here today? I am looking forward to this list. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. We've done so many other lists, and uh, it only seems right to do one for the bitches, uh, women. So, we've been asked a segment, and we all know the WNR intro, but some people have asked, I kid you not, they have asked me if I could do more intros, all right? So, not just... Oh, is that Mr. Rames Jolens No, it's not, it's not, okay? At Mark Tardis has asked, and other people have asked as well, because there's a lot of intros out there, and of course, my name is James Rowlands, you know. That's a great intro, but there's other ones. So, every week, I will be doing an alternate intro. This week, well... Let me get started. <clears throat> My name is Enzo Amore. Fuck off. And I am a Mojo G and a bona fide stud. And you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Dan White. And he's seven no, foot No, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to be part of that. Take my fucking name out of that. And you can't Get hype. That. Stay hype. <laughs> and this right here, this is Carmella. And she is hot as hell. And you can't teach that. Bada boom, oh. in the room. Dan, how you doing? No wonder what. I'm going to do a fucking big cast and I'm going to big boot the shit out of you. <laughs> I don't care if I fuck up my knee. It's going to be worth it. Do so you know, I, so, so I, if I come on and I say James has been attacked in the kitchen, <laughs> right, you're going to know it's me. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, I think people send that in for me to get in trouble with you. Do you know that? So... Next week, we will have a different one. And from now on, yeah, alternate intro. So look out for those on the WNR podcast. Well, we had episode, uh, we had the WNR 123 just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, of course, we had a 123 kid match. But there's a little interesting fact you wanted to bring up, Dan, didn't you? Well, previously known as the 123 kid, Sean Walkman had jumped over to WCW in late 1996, renamed Six. And do you know why he was renamed six? Why was he renamed six? Because one yep. add two add three equals six. Wow. Hey. Hey, I learn something every day. And uh, Walton became a member of the NWO shortly after his arrival and added a new dimension to the group. Not only did the Hill stable now have heavyweights like Hogan, 
tag team specialists like Nash and Hall, they now had someone to represent them at the cruiserweight division. And at Super Super Brawl Seven on February the twenty third, nineteen ninety seven, Six won the WCW Cruiserweight title. Before his run as champion, the longest title holder had been Brian Pillman, who had been Brian Pillman, who held the ti- <coughs> who held the title belt for one hundred and twelve days. Rey Mysterio Jr. had come close to topping that. His reign lasted 111 days. Six would blow them both out of the water with his cruiserweight title run in 97 to bag the belt. Waltman had a 125-day reign with the WCW cruiserweight title. In the history of the company, this would end up being the longest cruiserweight title run, obviously omitting combined reigns. In terms of an uninterrupted run with the gold, Six was the benchmark in WCW. He'd later lose the belt in June to Chris Jericho on a unique Saturday Nitro broadcast over the internet. Well, that's interesting. I did not know that, but yeah, a lot of history when it comes to 1, 2, 3, Kid or 6. So we got the women's watch list. Number one was Moolah versus Wendy Richter, the 31st of July 1984. That was Tuesday Night Titans. Number two was Bull Nakano versus Alundra Blaze. 29th of August, SummerSlam 1994. Uh, number three, Ivory versus Moolah, the 17th of October, Mercy 99. Uh, number four was Trish versus Lita, that was Raw 206. Uh, no, sorry, that was Raw 602 on the 6th of December 2004. And it was the first women's Raw main event. And then we had Natalia and Beth Phoenix versus Lay Cool, 19th of December, TLC 2010, the first ever women's table match. Uh, we had AJ Lee versus Paige, 17th of August, SummerSlam 2014. Uh, the match that's on right now, Bailey versus Banks, 22nd of August, NXT Brooklyn 2015. Uh, we've also going to have China versus Triple H versus Undertaker. <laughs> Can I just say, sorry, give the date, give the date and year quickly. Um, <laughs> that was Raw 324 and that's 9th of August 1999. No other woman in the history of wrestling will ever be in a match like that. China versus Triple H versus The Undertaker. And uh, we'll have uh, also have, see who's number one is, that might be the number one, or it could be Lita versus Trish, which is Trish Stratus' last match in WWE, 17th September, Unforgiven, 2006. Okay, so without any further ado, we are going to start the top 25. And Dan, I'll let you start off the list. Who is... Number 25. Number 25. She stands at 5 foot 7. She's from Jacksonville. Her finishing move was a sable bomb. Of course. Nicole Bass. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Now, it was sable. She's a one-time women's champion. But today's women of WWE owe sable a lot of gratitude. After all, she defined what it meant to be a woman in the rough world of WWE. Breathtakingly beautiful. And tough inside the ring, Sable debuted in 1996 when she accompanied a young Triple H to ring at WrestleMania 12. Their reliance was short-lived as treated his valet and wild man Mark Merrow came to her rescue. The glamorous pair captured the imagination of the WWE fans as Merrow briefly held the Intercontinental Championship. But when the wild man was sidelined by a knee injury in 97, Sable remained in the WWE spotlight and became far more popular than a superstar husband. By the time Mero returned from his injury in 98, he had become jealous of Sable and resented her success. Events developed between the two, 
punctuated by Sable delivering a kick to the groin and a power bomb, which she dubbed the Sable bomb to Mero. A long war between her and Mero and Jacqueline, who became Mero's manager, ensued, and that led to Sable winning the women's championship from her nemesis at Survivor Series '98. Sable's popularity skyrocketed as she landed on the cover of mainstream magazines like TV Guide, but the weight of fame may have been too much for Sable to bear. W superstars soon noticed that she developed a massive ego. She began wearing Hollywood shades to the ring and looked down with scorn on people who loved her. In the ring, she mocked her opponents with the grind, a move reminiscent of ravishing Rick Rude, where she gyrated her hips. Sable also began to taunt the WWE Universe by saying, this is for all the women who want to be me and the men who come to see me. Sable knew attitude into a more aggressive ringside style uh, in-ring style as she battled Luna Vachon and Deborah before leaving WWE in 99. In Sable's last run in 2003 and 2004, she found new rivals in Tory Wilson and Stephanie McMahon. She'd also served as a trusted confidant of Mr McMahon in a war with Stephanie. But despite her evil tendencies, WWE fans love to see Sable. Whether she is remembered as the diva of WWE Divas, or a magazine cover girl, one thing is certain, Sable was a pioneer who broke new ground for the ladies of the ring. That may be her greatest legacy. Well, it was quite interesting, Sable being at 25. Like you say, in ring she wasn't the best, but the amount of time WWE invested in it. Quite interesting, she left in 99 during the kind of height of her popularity. Do you know why she left, or one of the points for the reason she left for Dan? Brock Lesnar? No, she'll get into him later. Um... One of the reasons was she wouldn't participate in the lesbian angle that they wanted to do with Tory, and she left. And weirdly enough, in 2003, she would return to do a lesbian angle with Tory Wilson. So, you know what I mean? Time comes. And like you said, Dan, who was she married to? Brock Lesnar. So we move on to number 24. Number 24, well... This is might be cheating by some, but we're counting them as two. It is Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. Now, the reason we're doing this is they both came up through WCW, not known for much as their wrestling talent, uh, but they kind of had the same impact at the same time. So I'm going to start off. So number 24, Stacey Keebler. Height, 5'11". She's from Baltimore. She used to use the roundhouse kick. And her career highlights, 2005, Babe of the Year. First strutting onto the sports entertainment scene after winning WWE's nationwide search for a new Nitro girl, Keebler used her 42-inch stems to kick open the door of opportunity and become one of the most admired talents in WWE before it was purchased in 2001 by Mr. McMahon. Upon arriving in WWE, Keebler brought her leggy brand of distraction to a new level, joining the WCW ECW Alliance and managing the Dudley Boys to the top of the tag ranks in 2001. Keebler even seduced the chairman himself by dancing on his desk mid-ring to earn the title of his executive assistant. Although WWE fans prefer to imagine her as a lover, not a fighter, Stacey's in-ring career spans a scattered half-decade with memorable matches against Trish Stratus, Victoria and Molly Holly. Not surprisingly, Keebler used her long legs to boot more than a few opponents out of her way. In early 2006, Keebler's star went supernova when an appearance and an eventful third place finish on the second season of Dancing with the Stars introduced her to millions upon millions of living rooms across America. After achieving the season's first perfect score, 
she was going to receive four more. She received nicknamed the Weapon of Mass Seduction from Judge Bruno Tomanoli. Following the roles on television shows like Chuck and Psych, Keebler made an entertainment headlines as the gal pal of George Clooney, giving jealous fans that paid to see Batman and Robin another reason to curse him. Wasn't she in uh, How I Met Your Mother as well? She was in How I Met Your Mother as well, and she did get archived by Randy Orton. A little point I thought you'd like. Tell me about the other number 24, Tori Wilson. Well, Tori Wilson, she's five foot seven. She's from Bose in Idaho, and her signature move was, of course, the springboard elbow. Amidst the potatoes, corn and wheat typically grown on the sprawling and spacious farms of Bose, Idaho, was one of wrestling's most enticing ladies. Looking more like she's spent her entire adult life inside, Tori Wilson kicked off her career in WCW but made the move to WWE in 2001 when McMahon took over the sports entertainment company. Immediately turning heads with a body that looked like it had never even been in the same room as a carbohydrate, Wilson has superstars like Tajiri and Billy Kidman smashing each other just for the opportunity to get near her. At the same time, her flawless bone structure was splashed across the covers of men's magazines like FHM. Tori's seven years in WWE weren't all about boyfriends and fashion shoots, though. Things got ugly between the beautiful blondes and adversaries like Sable, Melina and Stacey Keebler. She even waged war with the buxom Dawn Marie after the vixen married her father. <laughs> Thankfully, for the WWE Universe, most of Wilson's most heated rivalries were settled with bikini contests. Yes. Since parting ways with WWE in 2008, Tori has stayed busy by opening her own clothing boutique and competing on reality TV game show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Uh, yeah, we should say as well about that. Al Wilson did die. I'm sorry, Al Wilson died. Dawn Marie went too hard on their wedding. She did die of a heart attack. Uh, he did die of a heart attack. And, of course, we should say, who was Tori Wilson married to for a amount of time? Billy Skidman. I know, Billy Kidman. Fucking how lucky. I know. <laughs> how lucky was Billy Kidmanhead? Unbelievable. My now, Wendy Richter. Such is on the background, or a playlist, if you will. And people at home can watch the matches with us as well, if you want. So we're going to go to episode seven, Tuesday Night Titans, and it's going to be twenty number twenty three in action against the fabulous Moolah, hopefully for the women's title. Uh, but yeah, number twenty three is Wendy Richter. So Wendy Richter, five for eight, uh, signature to sit out DDT. She was women's champion and the two thousand and ten WWE Hall of Famer. Before there was Trish Stratus and Lita, there was an eighty squared circle sensation. Wendy Richter, a two-time holder of the Women's Championship, Richter was instrumental in helping to bring about the rock and wrestling connection between WWE and the MTV generation. This momental partnership helped the charismatic diva pave the way for a generation of female competitors to follow and achieve induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. Richter took the W by storm in the latter part of 1983, and in 1984, she befriended pop star Cindy Lauper, forging a powerful bond that would lead to MTV's The Brawl that same year. It was in that event where Wendy defeated future W Hall of Famer, the fabulous Moolah, to win the illustrious Women's Championship for the first time. With Richter at the centre of the rock and wrestling connection, it launched WWE into the popular culture and helped make the very first WrestleMania event change sports entertainment history forever. And that's what match we've got on in the background. See Captain Lou Urbano as manager. 
Many people don't know that Bret Hart was not the first person who Vince McMahon screwed out of a title. Randy Richter was one of the WWE's hottest stars in 1980, and she was a women's champion during the rock and wrestling period, and even had Cindy Lauper in a corner during the inaugural WrestleMania. A few months later, Richter was minutes away from a title defence at Madison Square Garden against Spider Lady, a jobber under a mask. Richter's contract was up, and just before she headed through the curtain, Vince shoved her a new contract under her nose. In this new deal, a clause was included where Richter would sign away all of her merchandise rights to McMahon. Dan, pick it up. Well, obviously, Richter says she would have to and would review the contract after the match. McMahon loudly insisted that she sign it immediately, but Richter headed to the ring anyways. Unfortunately for Wendy, Spider Lady was not being played by the usual female jobber that night. Nope, it was the fabulous Moolah under the mask. And Moolah quickly rolled Richter up and hooked her tights for the pin and the title, sending Wendy packing from WWF and Richter never worked for the WWF ever again and only recently reconciled with McMahon. Well, yeah, full of records. Fabulous Moolah claims she had no idea that the fix was in and didn't expect the referee to count to three. Right. (laughs) So that was just one of the interesting things. Yeah, up next, number 22. Number 22, it is Nikki and Brie the Bellas. And uh, I'm going to do Brie. Yeah, and I'll do Nikki. But you start off on Brie Bella. Um, Well, she's five foot six. She's from Scottsdale, Arizona. Her signature move is the Bella Buster. Um, Her career highlights include Divas Champion, Total Divas Star, and 2013 Diva of the Year. As one half of the dazzling Bella Twins, Brie debuted on SmackDown in 2008, defeating her first opponent, Victoria, by way of Twin Magic, a move in which she and her identical twin sister, Nikki, secretly switched places during matches. In 2011, the sneaky tactic helped Brie defeat Eve to win the Divas Championship. Every bit as cunning as she is cute, this half-Megalian beauty, along with her doppelganger, truly blazed the path for female athletes to follow over the years, both inside and outside the squared circle. Outside the ring, Nikki and Brie have thrived as the centrepieces of the hit E reality show Total Divas alongside the likes of Paige, Natalia, Eva Marie, Summer Rae, Rosa Mendes and Alicia Fox. Lottie Star didn't dull Bree's abilities in the ring. Alongside Sister Nikki, she quickly staked out a spot at top of her division. Even though she has retired from in-ring competition, Bree mode will be the default status on the WWE Universe's lips for a long, long time to come. And who is Bree Bella married to? Daniel Bryan. And um, they've got a child together now as well, haven't they? Anyway, so that's Brie Bella. We move on to Nikki Bella. I think the more successful of the two would be fair to say, Dan. Yes, yes, most definitely, yeah. Because uh, even though Nikki Bella, uh, even though Brie was a women's champion, uh, Nikki Bella herself, Divas champion, Total Divas star, 2013 Diva of the Year, 2015 Diva of the Year, Rack Attack 2.0 as a finisher. And if there's a barrier to be broken or an accolade to be earned, Nikki Bella has done it and done it with style. A self-admitted tomboy with a feminine side, Nikki originally planned to play professional soccer until a leg injury ended her career. From there, she followed the twin sister Bree's lead into WWE. 
Unsuccessful in season spots in the 2006 W Raw Diva Search, the Bellas caught the eyes of the execs and soon landed in FCW. Training for the competition, they soon crush, while male WWE fans formed crushes on them. Nick and their sibling made their way onto the main roster in 2008 and turned heads whenever they set foot into a WWE ring. But don't be fooled. Nikki is more than just a really pretty face. With a dash of twin magic, Nikki and her sister stirred up WWE, culminating with a Divas title reign of peace in 2011 and 2012. But after a brief sabbatical, forces began an, aston- an astonishing reinvention, with Nikki cementing herself as the division's mean girl powerhouse and earning a Divas title reign that lasted a record-setting 301 days. Now, as a pivotal member of the SmackDown Live roster, Nikki continues to test the limits of competition in a complete and total fearless fashion. But the last time we did see Nikki Bella was at uh, WrestleMania when John Cena proposed to her because, indeed, they are together. So, Dan, number 21, up next, who is it? Um, up next at number 21 it is Mickey James. She's five foot four. She's from Richmond, Virginia. Her signature move is the Mick Kick or the Implant DDT. Her career highlights include Women's Champion and Divas Champion. Throughout much of Mickey James's WWE career, there are some who consider her a peppy, energetic sweetheart, but she's proven to be as dangerous in the ring as any that came before her. A lifelong Virginian, Mickey spent years honing her craft with the goal of becoming one of the greatest female superstars in history. To this end, the athletic master of a ring-pounding implant DDT has gone to war Trish Stratus, Lita, Maurice, Gail Kim and Alicia Fox. (laughs) She fought in legendary battles against Beth Phoenix and against simply flawless adversaries Team Laycall, Michelle McCall and Layla. And she did it while amassing WWE gold and all the glory that came with it. Mickey has captured six women's championships and at one point became the second superstar to hold both the women's and divas titles simultaneously. She did this all while establishing herself as as the alpha female of WWE and a true force to be reckoned with across the board. He departed WWE in April 2010. She re-emerged in fall 2016 and challenged NXT champion Oscar at NXT TakeOver Toronto. She stunned the WWE Universe on January the 17th, when it was discovered she was in fact the mysterious La Luchadora who had been helping with SmackDown Women's Champion Alexa Bliss make Becky Lynch's life miserable for weeks. Now that the superstar shake-up has brought her to Raw, Mickey James looks to write a whole new chapter in her incredible career. Don't be fooled from what you hear. Behind that peppy facade is one of the most dangerous and gifted superstars around. Facade, facade, facade. All right. And uh, you laugh at me when I can't pronounce <laughs> words. No, I'm saying. <laughs> I was a huge fan of Mickey James, and uh, oh, she is banned from the W Network because that moment at WrestleMania 22 with her and Trish is not shown on the network. You know what bit I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Her husband Dan is Magnus, who used to be TNA, I think, world champion back in the day. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mickey James? You like Mickey James? Yeah, again, she had her moments, but, you know, there, there wasn't anything that really stood out about her, really, to me. She, don't get me wrong, she was good in the ring, and, you know, to make her return as well, she's looking every bit as in good a shape as she ever has done. Yes, yeah. 
But, uh, you know, she was involved in a few controversial storylines with Lacol, yeah. Piggy James exactly. and all that. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Piggy James, the way she was treated before she left and now coming back here. And even the age jokes on there. I think she's a good worker, but I think you're right. I think every woman in the, apart from Wendy Richter, well, then again, even Wendy Richter included, hasn't had a great match, as we're seeing now, because as we see the Moolah and... Uh, the Richter match going on. Dan, what are your thoughts on this match? It's old style. I, I, again, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's it's more entertainment purposes than it is wrestling. Yeah, it's it's not really it's not really a competitive match at most because uh, Moolah seems to be stuck. <laughs> Referee helping her out. But no, I mean we go back to this. That referee's old as fuck. Yeah, he's dropped dead in a minute. And Sable, like not had a great match. Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, uh, the Bellas. I mean, you could argue with the Bellas, I suppose, but I've not watched enough. I will, I will not watch them. You know what I'm saying? I like Cindy Lauper on the apron. Well, girls just want to have fun, James. But she's not going to get involved. And Moolah at this age, she's like what, 98? Yeah, that's yeah, 98 yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. But anyway, we will move on. How long has this match got left? This is like the longest match in history. Oh no, uh, Cindy Lauper's up. All right, Dan, number 20. At number 20, it is Victoria, standing in at 5 foot 8 from San Bernardino in California. Her signature move is the Widow's Peak. Career highlights include being women's champion. Victoria was not a lady to mess with. A two-time women's champion who stomped icons like Trish Stratus and Lita in brutal hardcore matches. The powerful beauty broke grounds in the women's division and left woe behind her. Victoria debuted in July 2002 as an eager competitor against reigning women's champion Trish Stratus on Sunday Night Heat. But the loss proved her much more demented. Victoria continued to target Trish Stratus, claiming the champion double-crossed her during their respective fitness model days. Her twisted mind games and sneak attacks grew worse into the fall, Baiting Stratus into a women's hardcore champion, a women's championship hardcore match at Survivor Series 2002. The Raven-haired diva brutalised Stratus in a in Madison Square Garden with chairs, a garbage can, before finishing the champ off with a suplex to claim her first women's title. The sinister champion quickly found a partner in crime in Stevie Richards. With her crazy bow by her side, the vixen redefined the women's division from flashy to downright barbarous, retaining her title in dangerous hardcore matches and street fights. Victoria's most unforgettable match came from the luck of the Raw Roulette Wheel on November 24th, 2003, when she defeated Lita in the only Divas Steel Cage match in WWE history. She rode the momentum to defeat Molly Holly, Lita and Jazz in February 2004 to win her second WWE Women's Championship a reign that featured her shaving Holly's hair at WrestleMania 20. Although she briefly embraced her dancing side, the crazy resurfaced when Victoria's attention turned to other women on the roster. The wicked competitor targeted Diva Search winner Chrissy Hem in spring 2005, even smashing a glass bottle over her, over her head, before, to- before teaming with Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle as Raw's resident Mean Girls. The powerful two-time women's champion left a trail of pain while breaking barriers, be it with a trash can in hardcore bouts 
or her devastating widow's peak manoeuvre during a bikini contest. Victoria terrified the roster, but she pushed women's wrestling from the cheese of dance-off to the grittiness of no disqualification brawls before leaving in January 2009. And of course, we've seen Victoria recently, haven't we? On a couple of places. No, really, I was a huge fan of Victoria. I, I really did like her. I thought she put, like you said, this crazy aspect to it and played it off really well, especially because Trish needed certain rivals. And I think, you know, Victoria really brought it. And uh, it's a shame that she's not kind of more recognised, I think, in WWE. Were you a fan of Victoria, Dan? Yeah, you know, that was quite a memorable match she had with Trish at Survivor Series. I've watched that a few times. No, I, I like Victoria. And like I said, I think she could do other things. She was a good face as she went on through Raw as well. And like we say, should be remembered more. But that was the start of the top 20. Yeah, we've already had six down. So, Dan, read 25 through to where we are at 20. Well, at number 25... She was the blonde bombshell, Sable. At number 24, it's more of a personal choice between us. It's two divas that we fancied during the Attitude Era, and that is Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. At number 23, she's a bit old school, but it's Wendy Richter. At number 22, it's also a twofer for us again. It is the Bella, Bella Twins, Nikki and Brie. And at number 21, Piggy James? Nah, <laughs> no. Mickey James. And at number 20, of course, you just heard Victoria. So number 19, and it is Luna Vachon. So Luna Vachon. Superstar stats? Here they go. She's five foot six from... Where's she from, Dan? From Crazy Town. <laughs> Montreal, signature Luna Eclipse. Second generation member of the legendary Vachon family. Held several regional ladies championships. Managed, by, managed Bam Bam Bigelow. Gold Dust and Shawn Michaels, among others. Sports entertainment is filled with second and even third generation superstars, but it's very rare that females are part of multiple generations, unless, of course, your family name is Vachon. Luna Vachon is one of the few females to follow in her father's footsteps and climb into the squared circle. But the daughter of famed Canadian grappler Paul Butcher Vachon didn't just have role models in her own home. They're all over her family. Her uncle, Mad Dog Vachon, was a five-time AWA world champion. And Aunt Vivian Vachon was one of the most successful female superstars in the 1970s. As a youngster, Lena would often climb into the ring with her father, aunt or uncle before or after their matches. After making it clear she went dissuaded of a career in the ring, Luna officially trained under Vivian and the fabulous Moolah in the mid-1980s and made her professional wrestling debut in 1986. Competing in Championship Wrestling for Florida as a member of Kevin Sullivan's clan, she struck fear in her opponents based on her physical presence alone. A half-shaven mane of blonde hair, freaky face paint and a sneer that never seemed to leave her face. After leaving Florida, Luna spent time as a competitor and manager in various independents and Puerto Rico. In 1993, she finally came to the WWE for the first time, replacing Hall of Famer Sensational Sherry as Shawn Michaels. She later moved on to manage Bam Bam Bigelow, eventually falling in love with the Beast for the East and becoming his main squeeze. The duo warred with Doink the Clown and his pint-sized prankster sidekick Dink for months, leading to a match where Bam Bam and Luna defeated Doink and Dink at WrestleMania 10. 
Later in 1994, Luna sold Bam Bam's contract to Ted DiBiase and concentrated on winning the revived World Championship, Women's Championship. While she was unable to win a title for Len Champion Alondra Blaze before leaving WWE in late 94, a hand-picked henchwoman, Japanese superstar Bulna Kano, eventually did claim the gold. Short stints in both ECW and WCW followed before Luna returned to WWE in 1997 to stand by the side of the artist formerly known as Goldust. Luna quickly developed a rivalry with Sable, leading to another WrestleMania mixed tag team match. This time, however, Luna and Goldust were defeated by Sable and Mark Mero. The following year, however, the two divas would patch up their differences and for the first time, Luna heard the cheers of our fans. Paired with Sable and the Oddities, a collection of superstars who were slightly bizarre in some way, Luna became quite popular. It wouldn't last, however, as Luna would later attack Sable and rekindle their rivalry. Throughout 99, she continued to chase the Women's Championship and also managed Gangrel before leaving WWE for good in early 2000. Thereafter, she has been semi-retired, occasionally returns to the ring from time to time for various independent promotions. Even though she never captured the Women's Championship, Luna was one of the most feared and respected competitors in the 90s. At a time when the word diva was being redefined in WWE, Luna Strong was one of those who used her talents and unique look to help rewrite the lexicon. Now that was a lot about Luna Vachon. What are your thoughts on Luna, Dan? Not going to lie, she used to scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Just looking at her, you know, she was one of them women that clearly wasn't there for her looks. And yeah, she was just a crazy ass bitch. Well, and this is the thing, and this is what I thing I liked about Luna as well was the fact that yeah, she didn't care what people thought of her. It was all about the the kind of character that she got into, and that's why she was scary as well. Because you know she she was frightening. She showed off half her head. She didn't care what she looked like. And uh, fair play to her to be number nineteen on the list. Well, up next, number eighteen, and it's AJ Lee. So superstar stats. I guess everybody wants first. Is she related to AJ Styles? She is. She's a cousin. Uh, five foot two from Union City, New Jersey. Black Widow and Shine and Wizard were a finisher. Divas Champion, Raw General Manager, 2012 Diva of the Year, 2014 Diva of the Year. So she's got her accomplishments. Was AJ Lee the figment of some manga geek's adolescent imagination? She was an avid video gamer, regularly thumbing through comic books and wearing the scruffs on her Chuck Taylors with pride. But don't be fooled, this unpredictable young woman was not as innocent as she looked. Although she stood a petite five foot two, AJ was a fierce competitor with energetic high-flying style that posed a threat to any diva. This bold New Jersey native first introduced herself to the WWE Universe on the third season of WWE NXT. She finished in third place but won many WWE fans with her lucha-inspired moveset and indomitable fighting spirit. A year after debuting on SmackDown May 7, AJ was pivotal in the 18-second outcome of the World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 28 with a kiss to a bow, Daniel Bryan. The couple's subsequent breakup sent AJ into an emotional tailspin and she went on to become eventually entangled with WWE's top stars including CM Punk, Kane and even John Cena. Well, we should say we are at No Mercy 99 for the next match on the WWE playlist. It's Ivory title going against Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> so we just seen Moolah from the early 80s. Here she is 15 years later. Following a brief stint and controversial stint as following a brief and controversial stint as Raw General's manager, as Raw General manager, a tenure marred by a controversy due to her increasingly erratic behavior. 
AJ found herself in the arms of the brash Dolph Ziggler. Coincidentally enough, it was in the female, it was in the Femme Fatale's home state that the sheriff cashed in his Money in the Bank contract on Alberto Del Rio to become the World Heavyweight Champion just one night after WrestleMania 29. It wasn't long before AJ claimed a championship of her own. After winning the number one contenders Divas Battle Royal and Raw, AJ defeated former friend Caitlyn to to ensnare the Divas title and would go on to hold that prize for a record-shattering 295 days until she was unseated by NXT Women's Champion Paige the day after WrestleMania 30. It would be her first of three Divas Championships. Even though it was impossible to predict what AJ would do next, one thing remained a constant. She always kept us guessing. What were your thoughts on AJ, Leader? Yeah, you know, I thought she was a, a very intriguing character. I think she was more of a... Uh, I don't know, like a manager type, you know, in the storyline with uh, Daniel Bryan and C, uh, CM Punk. And, of course, you know, lines with Kane. And when she just come out dancing round the ring, then she placed herself on the top rope, threatened to fall through a table until she was saved by one of the men, you know, distracting the match, taking the focus of the match away from the match itself and then, you know, onto her. Yeah, but I understand. Yeah, she did that, and this was the great thing about AJ. Not only did she do that kind of character, like we say, held the title for two hundred ninety-five days, so nearly a year with the women's the Divas title as well. So she could work, and one of the few women, maybe one, one of the only women here, who was, of course, Raw General Manager, which was a big deal, you know. But anyway, the Ivory drop kicking the eighty-year-old Moolah. <laughs> How old is Moolah at this point in time? Can I just point out that pink shirt guy and uh, a luminous green shirt woman's in the crowd? Yeah. How old's Moolah at this point? She was, um, I think, 136. I'll be trying to get the full. May Young's off the apron. This will go well for her. Oh, look at the fucking huge strikes by Moolah. Snapmare. She's on fire. Look how saggy she is. It's like she's smuggling a sack of potatoes. And <laughs> I free out there. Yeah, but you cover her top half and you just look at her from, like, the thighs down. No. I'd have a tear on Moolah. <laughs> Well, like you just cover the top half and you look at just her pins. She's yeah. got nice pins. I know she got she got tights, the old tights, all the way off the top of, of, of all the way off the bottom rope. Off the first rope. <laughs> May Young now. She's nearly got across. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nearly. Oh, no. Hey, oh, dear. I'm 84. You know. <laughs> Ivory's got oh, the. Oh, did she just kick her foot right up? Her I think she just kicked her right in the ass. Oh, oh. oh come on. <laughs> Come on, Victoria <laughs> Ivory. She's like 95 million years old. <coughs> no. Oh. And Moolah's head hits. Oh, my young. <laughs> she was back up. It took her half hour to get back up, but she's back down. Fucking hell. More suicide. A... Oh. oh. Suicide dive gone wrong. Anywho. These are the matches we have. <laughs> these are the matches we have got on. In the background, but yes, Dan, I've done enough talking now. Back to the list. Yes, who is number seven? The list. It is none other than Becky Lynch. Now, Becky Lynch is five foot six from Dublin, Ireland. Her finishing move is, of course, to disarm her. Her career highlights include winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. A, a fiery redhead from Dublin, Ireland. Becky Lynch is ready to fight anyone in her, in her path. Trained for the, for the squared circle at the age of 15, Lynch travelled the world perfecting her craft before joining NXT in 2014. While proving she could hold her own between the ropes, Becky forged various friendships during her time at NXT, including one with Bailey 
and another with Sasha Banks as part of Team BAE. Best at everything. Eventually, Becky shocked the WWE Universe when she joined WWE's roster as part of the Women's Revolution alongside Charlotte and Paige. Although the trio eventually broke apart, Becky continued to be a star on the rise, culminating in her crowning as the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion at Backlash 2016. One thing is for certain, whether our lasses to be kicked and arms to be snapped, you'll find Becky Lynch. And what are your personal thoughts on Becky Lynch? Yeah, I think she needs, I think she needs more of a chance in WWE, but with such a strong... Oh, oh look, Moolah's won the women's title. It's all going on here, isn't it? <laughs> I think she's a great in-ring performer. Um, she needs to be given more of a chance on SmackDown Live, but there is such a strong roster at this moment in time that... You know, it's hard to please everyone all of the time. Yeah, but you, I know you're a huge fan of her. Uh, I mean, what are your couple of her like, favourite bits that she's done? What, what is it you like about her so um, much? I did enjoy seeing her becoming the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, and she was very entertaining in NXT as well. Yeah, no, she was brilliant. Uh, as we move on, anything else about Becky Lynch? No, I really like Lynch. I think it's a bit unfair because she's got... It's, it's, I think it's a blessing and a... Co- a blessing... A coice. I think it's a blessing and a curse being the four horsewomen because for her, I think many people, you don't, do you? But I consider her fourth on the list. Uh, many people do. Uh, and I think she's a better performer than she's given credit for, you know? And uh, it's a difficult situation to be in situation, but she is. I should say, <clears throat> Moolah's just won the women's title from Ivory in what would be a shocker at the time. We're moving on. Uh, oh, no, we're going back in 994. We're going to watch Bull Nakano versus Alondra Blaze. Uh, so we are moving on to number 16, and it's Jacqueline. We'll put the match on in the background. Of course, we'll get on to Alondra Blaze if she is even on the list. And, of course, Bull Nakano as well. And this is the women's title. We saw, uh, Wendy, Richter rent, we saw Wendy Richter win the title from Fabulous Moolah, uh, the women's top would go away, be resurrected again, with Alanda Blaze leading the charge in the mid-90s. Ha! <laughs> you said erected. <laughs> so, and then what we see after that, of course, Ivory, the women's title, being around, and uh, Fabulous Moolah winning it back, kind of like a nice little circle, it's nice, isn't it? So anyway, yeah, Jacqueline, number 16, superstar stats, well, five foot three from Dallas in Texas, Tornado DDT, women's champion, Cruiserweight champion and, of course, 2016 WWE Hall of Famer. Jacqueline was perhaps the toughest woman to ever step foot in the ring. Unafraid to stand up to women, or men for that matter, the tenacious diva had problems breaking down, no problem breaking down both opponents and barriers. After first honing her craft in the Memphis Territory, Jacqueline made a big splash on the national scene in WSW in 1997. Those that expected the unopposing female to be the demure type were in for a shock when she teamed up with a devious taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. The pairing was perfect as Sullivan tossed his hapless foes to the arena floor where Jacqueline scooped them up and viciously slammed them down. Despite the... Despite the displays of her wrestling, Jacqueline was still targeted by a few of WCW male competitors, though, who thought picking on her was a no-lose situation. The beauty is more than happy to prove the likes of Disco Inferno wrong with a hard punch in the jaw and DDT. And that's one of the matches we saw on the Hall of Fame special list, uh, the Hall of Fame special that we did early in the year, didn't we? We watched uh, Jacqueline versus Disco Inferno. See, that was last year. 
Jacqueline jumped to WWE in summer 1998, joining forces with Mark Mero in his quest to steal the spotlight back from his former valet, Sable. Jacqueline proved to be, to be a tall task for the blonde bombshell. She defeated Sable to win the returning WWE Women's title, adding insult to injury. She later chopped off her foes, platinum tresses, and wore it in her hair, flaunting her spoils. Jacqueline would go on to hold the women's title on another occasion, defeating Harvey... That's not a typo. Uh, that's, that's not me saying it wrong. On SmackDown in 2000. Even while remaining a full-time competitor, Jacqueline took on other jobs in WWE. She donned the stripes and became an official, calling the shots in both men's and women's matches. In addition, she took an active role as a trainer on the first season of Tough Enough, helping potential superstars and divas learn the ropes. Eventually, Jacqueline decided to put all her focus towards her ring career and regaining the women's title. She, while she didn't capture the championship, she did find S in another division. Answering an open challenge from Chavo Guerrero, Jacqueline brushed off the third generation superstars put downs and defeated him to win the cruiserweight title. Although she left WWE in June 2004 after losing the title back to Chavo, Jacqueline's impact on the Divas division would be felt for years. For a contribution to women's wrestling, Jacqueline is more than worthy induction into the W Hall of Fame class of 2016. I quite like Jackie. Around that time, you know, of all these kind of divas, uh, uh, Ivory and all the others, like I said, with Sable as well. I think Jackie was all right. What were your thoughts on Jacqueline? Um, yeah, she was good. Uh, I, th- I enjoyed her part in um, APA. Oh, yeah, yeah. She when, was part yeah. of that, you know. I think she was quite entertaining. That. She fit the bill really well. But, yeah, you know, she she was Jacqueline. Yeah, I mean, not as much as PMS when she was with Terry Reynolds, you know. That probably wasn't the best. Uh, we've seen Paul Nicar- What do you think of Paul Nicarno? We've just seen her, maybe seen her for the first time. The fuck is that? <laughs> well, Luna in her corner, so you know she could be a monster. Lunda Blaze. Lunda Blaze looks like a female Ultimate Warrior with her tassels <laughs> coming down for her neck. So we move on, and who is up at number 15? Number 15. Is Bailey. She stands at five foot six from San Jose in California. Her signature move is Bailey to Belly Suplex. Her career highlights include Raw Women's Champion, XT Champion, and 2015 NXT Female Competitor of the Year. Uh, long before she was a Raw superstar, Bailey was a 10 year old super fan in San Jose, California, watching her favourites like Lita and Eddie Guerrero on TV. She decided then that she wanted to inspire fans the same way superstars of the 90s and early 2000s did for her. When she turned 18, Bailey started to train for the squared circle and after learning the ropes on the indies in 2012, she joined NXT, NXT's burgeoning women's division. But she didn't mirror Charlotte's confidence, Sasha Banks's swagger or Becky Lynch's toughness. Instead, Bailey had an ever-present smile and an overwhelming that made it impossible to root against her. She quickly inspired young ladies to wear side ponytails and grown men to embrace hugs. In 2015, she competed in the first 30-minute WWE Ironman match featuring two female competitors. The female retained the NXT Women's Championship and set in a new standard for the women's division in both NXT and WWE. She then went on to have classic showdowns against Oscar and Nia Jax before debuting on Raw the night after SummerSlam 2016. On February the 13th, 2017, Bailey defeated Charlotte on Raw to become the Raw Women's Champion. When Bailey steps through the ropes, her opponents can be sure of two things. Bailey's going to hug you, then she's going to suplex you. 
I'm a huge fan of Bailey. Uh, like people could argue why she's not higher up the list. I, I think if it was NXT Bailey we were judging on, she would be definitely in the top ten. Dan, I think with WWE Bailey and the way she getting tr- the way she's been and been treated, she, it's not worked out yet, has it? You know? Um, no, no. Uh, it, I don't know. I think that quick beating she took by Alexa Bliss has kind of hampered her, and I, I, she's just not made the impact that she did in. In NXT, I know. It's, 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 hopefully, you know, this list will be listen back in a few years' time and all laugh and go. Oh, but what? Look, remember that what happened to Bailey after this with her feud with Banks and uh, the WrestleMania main event. Uh, but we don't know. Anyway, what we do know, who's next? And at number fourteen, it's one of my personal favourites. It is Mighty Molly Holly. <laughs> She's five foot four from Forest Lake, uh, Minnesota. Molly Go Round was a finisher. And I tell you something, someone who can incorporate their name into the finisher, always going to be happy with. Women's champion. And, of course, who can forget? Like a Bailey to Bailey. Exactly, Bailey to Bailey. Very similar. Uh, and a hardcore champion. Ball Nakano now going for the sharpshooter. And she's got Alanja Blake. No, she's not. She's turned it into a horrible submission. Look, picking her up, cradling her. When have you ever seen this? Unbelievable, actually. The referee hitting her in the face. Though she is best remembered for getting a head shaved at WrestleMania 20, there was a lot more to former women's champion Molly Holly than a very pubic, uh, very public haircut. Trained by the man of a thousand holes, Dean Malenko, Molly debuted in 1997, but first garnered national attention in 2000 as Miss Madness, one of Randy Macho Man Randy Savage's valets. But after her run in WWE ended, Nora Greenswald was reborn in WWE as Molly Holly, the cousin of the late Crash Holly, rest in peace, and Hardcore Holly. Molly would help Crash and Hardcore in battles against Test and Albert, who were then managed by Trish Stratus, who were just beginning her career in WWE, against the Dudley Boys. After a brief relationship with Spike Dudley, Molly aligned herself with a hurricane, known today as Gregory Helms, adopting the mon- moniker... Mighty Molly, the duo entertain our fans and WWE's resident superheroes with Molly acting as Hurricane's trusty yet beautiful sidekick. But Mighty Molly would grow tired of being in the Hurricane's shadow and yearn for gold and her own identity. This became evident. She hit her with a swing blade. See, told you, she's going to let Landry Blaze swing blade. Going to put her down, that's the end of Ball Nakano. Oh, Oh. What will it take to put Bruno Carlo down? Blaze now finally come back. Alundra <laughs> Blaze is just headbutting the coccyx of Bruno Carlo, but that doesn't stop her on a high back body drop. I'm amazed at how her hair's managed to stay erect. I know that is very impressive. And now see how impressed she is picking her up with ease. Yeah, nice scoop slam. You're not going to get Blaze down like that. Oh, and Blaze just slips out, <laughs> runs the ropes. Goes for a clothesline, but Nakano ducks and hits a clothesline of her own. Well, that was a huge lariat, and now she's looking to finish off Alanja Blaze. Throws her to the corner. Blaze jumps over. Oh, going for a test of strength. Gets her in the cover. Oh, oh. but Nakano again managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Nakano saying, come on, what's going on? Another nice slam down. And Nakano on the slightly bigger side going up. And Luna. Rona Fong. Yeah, Luna Rona Fong. Well, leg drop missed. Luna knocked off. Lundra Blaze. And a quick count by Timmy White. Yeah, Tim White wants it over and done with. But Nakano. Uh, 
Blaze retains the women's title against Bull Nakano. Mighty Molly would grow tired of being in a hurricane shadow and yearn for gold and her own identity. This became evident when she outsmarted him as one of several superstars who won and lost the Hardcore Championship in a whirlwind series of bouts at WrestleMania 18. Soon afterward, Molly retired her superhero personnel, stopped dyeing her hair blonde and showed the world she was no-nonsense yet uptight. She defeated Trish Stratus for her first Women's Championship at the 2002 King of the Ring. During her two championship reigns between 2002 and early 2004, Molly took on all comers from Stratus to Lita to Gail Kim and finally Victoria, who handled her last title run. Victoria was responsible for the most embarrassing moment in Molly's career when she defeated her in a hair versus title match at WrestleMania 20. It was unheard of for a diva to participate in a hair versus title match, especially on the grandest stage of them all. Fans howled and Molly shrieked when Victoria shaved a restrained Molly bald. A mortified Molly walked around W for months trying to hide her shave and crime with various wigs. Molly was never quite the same after the humiliation at WrestleMania. She failed to regain the Women's Championship during several opportunities and lost a series of matches to the less experienced and less skilled Stacey Keebler, Molly Stacey Keebler. Molly left WWE and a full-time in-ring career in April 2005. Since her departure, Molly has made Molly has made occasional appearances on pro wrestling's independent circuit, but she has devoted much of her time to doing missionary work in her church. Molly has spent several months studying in Spanish, studying Spanish in Guatemala, where she had made she had the chance to be reunited with old friends when W passed through its tour Latin America March. When asked whether she returned to sports entertainment, Molly said, "Right now, I have no plans for turn to wrestling, but you never say never in this business." So Norrie Greenwald, uh, so Norrie Greenwald has found a new passion and calling. Uh, beyond the walls of WWE. Even if she never returns to the WWE ring, our fans will admire Molly Holly for her abilities and guts. What are your thoughts on Molly Holly, Dan? Yeah, she was quite uh, an entertaining character. Again, I think uh, outshadowed by the rest of the women's division, hence why, you know, she aligned herself with um, Hurricane and was kind of doing that. Yeah, I thought that was... I, don't, I, I really like Molly Holly. Like, I don't want to be biased here, but at the start with Crash Holly, like you say... Um, and then being with Spike when she had the pigtails, you know, really cute. And then there's Mighty Molly character, which is really funny. And being the one who said, I want to be on the WrestleMania 20 card. I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll shave my head if it gets me on the biggest card. <coughs> if it gets me on the biggest card in wrestling history. So fair play to Molly. Plus, all the stories you hear about her, she's very likable. Everybody, no one had a bad, bad word to say about Molly Holly. But Dan... I'm sure you've got a lot to say. Up next, who is number 13? Number 13 is Sasha Banks. Standing at 5 foot 5 from Boston, Massachusetts, her signature move is the bank statement. Her career highlights include Raw Women's Champion, WWE Women's Champion and NXT Women's Champion. Some bosses, others have bossness thrust upon them. Sasha Banks is the former. An independent wrestler out of Boston... Banks worked her way through various promotions before finally getting a foot in the door at WWE NXT. Eventually, the quiet but talented young woman found her voice and the boss was born. Since then, Banks hasn't looked back for a second. Although she turned plenty of heads throughout her astounding rise to dominance as one of Full Sail's... Trailblazing continued past NXT 
when Banks helped usher in a new era of competition on the Raw roster during the Women's Revolution of 2015. Since then, the ultra-confident Banks has made history at every turn, competing in the first ever Women's WWE Ironman and Hell in a Cell matches, all while becoming multiple-time Raw Women's Champion. Refusing to be looked over or set aside, Sasha has proven time and time again that she runs the roost in the women's division, just like a, well, you know. Like a boss. And Dan, before we carry on talking about Sasha Banks, I was just say, we're watching our next little clip now, which is from 2004, December the 3rd, episode 565. I'm making it up, I don't know. And it is the first ever main event, women's main event on Monday Night Raw. It is... Trish Stratus versus Lita for the Women's Championship. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sasha Banks. I've liked her since her NXT days. Uh, I, I think she, the character of the boss really worked well as a heel. I don't think, even though she has been successful on Raw, I think first off with Charlotte being in her shadow, and then, of course, with Alexa Bliss and I think with Bailey, uh, we know she's only held a title for like 84 days in her, well, you know, in her four title reigns. So a uh, lot more work, but I think Banks has got it, you know. I think if you look at her work in NXT, one of the better wrestlers we've had on the list so far, isn't it, Dan, you know? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, I think she, she really is. If you look at them, you know, Banks has had, we, we could pick out, three or four great Sasha Bank matches I think as opposed to some of the other uh, women that you might struggle with but up next Dan oh god <sighs> number 12 your go number 12 one might argue that she should be hot, that she should be uh, higher up the list at a lower number but it is Alexa Bliss aka Alexa White she stands at five foot one inches. Oh, she's really cute and petite. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? Um, she's from Columbus, Ohio, and her signature move is twisted bl- or the sparkle splash. Splash. <laughs> splash. 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 Current Raw Women's Champion, and she is uh, a former SmackDown Women's Champion as well. It almost doesn't seem possible that so much bad attitude can fit into Alexa Bliss's five foot one inch flat frame. Sly, sassy and a lot of ferocity, Alexa has been a fierce competitor her entire life, participating in softball, track and kickboxing since her youth, excelling especially in gymnastics and eventually becoming a Division One cheerleader. Alexa entered the world of competitive bodybuilding where she became one of the youngest competitors to receive her IFBB professional status. With such an incredible athletic background, it's little wonder that Alexa quickly became one of NXT's (laughs) most dangerous female superstars. Though she never captured the NXT women's title, she was a constant threat in division, pushing the likes of Bayley and Carmella to their limits. Carmella! Carmella! As a SmackDown Live competitor, she ascended to the top of its women's division to become two times Weeks after joining Monday Night Raw in the Superstar Shake-Up, Alexa Bliss made history at WWE Payback, reigning, <laughs> reigning supreme over Bayley in a hard-fought contest to become the first superstar to win both the SmackDown Women's Championship and the Raw Women's Championship. Bliss might be a name, but get on her bad side, which isn't hard to do, and you'll soon learn there's nothing heavenly about Alexa's demeanour. So, Dan, what, explain to people who, you know, uh, might be thinking, why is Alexa Bliss so high up on the list? 
Why do you like Alexa Bliss so much? Because she's beautiful. No, but what is it about? Is it just because of looks? Um, no, you know, I like her attitude in the ring. I think she's a great character. So Dan has based this purely on looks. So every woman listening to this who think this is going to be empowering, he's belittling every one of you. <laughs> he really is. Anyway. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, Jesus. Did you just see Lita get folded up with that fucking suicide dive? What we've learned tonight, women cannot do suicide dives, all right? No. Okay, so number 11. It is the one and only Beth Phoenix. Five foot seven from Buffalo, New York. Signature move, the glam, Sam. And don't forget, women's champion, Divas champion, 2017, Hall of Fame inductee. No female competitor ever dominated her division as convincingly as Beth Phoenix. While watching WWE with her grandmother on weekend mornings as a young girl, Phoenix knew her calling was to crush the competition in a pursuit of in-ring glory. Phoenix crush! By high school, she was already blazing trails, becoming the first female on her school's varsity wrestling team. After graduating from college with a degree in criminal justice in hand, Phoenix pursued WWE, hoping to bring her own brand of justice on the women's division. Early on, she laid down the law in WWE, but following some encouraging early wins, her momentum unexpectedly stalled when her jaw was was artfully rearranged during a match against Victoria. A year later, with her mandible claw and the brawl fully repaired, Phoenix picked up right where she left off, dominating the field, but now as a self-appointed glamazon. A year later, with her mandible fully repaired, Phoenix picked up right where she left off, dominating the field, but now as a self-appointed glamazon. Lita, going to go for Twist of Fate, put Trish out of the way. No, oh. Ooh, she's going for a DDT, I think. Yeah, and now Trish got the ropes. Oh, not like this. No. Trish, uh, Lita managed to kick out. Ooh. And look at Trish. Look how fucking vicious she is. She's going to finish it off now. Strax faction. Guaranteed. No, Lita managing to reverse it. Lita dodging the clothesline from Trish. Now it's a back twist of fate. Can Lita win the women's championship? There's more on the show. Oh, Lita's not got a thong out, though, to be fair. The fans here going crazy. Here goes Lita. Oh, hits the moonsault. Goes for the cover. One, two. Yeah. Lita wins the women's title. Three matches. Three new champions. Phoenix picked up right where she left off, dominating the field, but now is the self-appointed Glamazon. Her romantic pairing with Santino Morella notwithstanding, Phoenix never failed to draw gra- gasps from the WWE Universe when she entered the ring. Who can forget 2008 Judgment Day when she lifted Melina and then women's champion Mickey James over her shoulder at the same time? Or her surprise Royal Rumble entrance in 2010 when she tossed a great Carly over the top rope? <laughs> or 2011 Survivor and slammed Eve from the top rope? On the October 29th edition of Raw, Vicky Guerrero shockingly fired the Glamazon after a disappointing performance against AJ. In the end, it was only a corporate superior that could put a stop to the mighty Phoenix. But Beth was able to achieve accomplishments that no other diva could. Because of those incredible accomplishments, the Glamazon is being awarded Sports Entertainment Highest Honor. Induction into the Hall of Fame class of 2017. Now, I really liked Beth Glamazon. Dan, what are your thoughts on Beth Phoenix? Yeah, she was very impressive. Uh, I, I think they could have done more with the Glamazon side of thing, though. You know, I don't think they really put her over as a, a female monster, so to speak. You know, like, 
they could have done. I know they entered her into the Royal Rumble, but I feel they could have done a bit more. Yeah, exactly. You see her more interacting with the rest of the crowd. Uh, so, Dan, we are just about to hit the top 10. But before we do, do you want to just recap 25 down to 11? So, at number so. 25, we have Sable. Number 24, we have Wilson and Keebler. Tory Wilson and Stacey Keebler. At number 23, we have Wendy Richter. At number 22, we have Nikki and Brie the Bellas. At number 21, we have Mickey James. At number 20, we have Victoria. At number 19, we have Luna Vachon. At number we have AJ Lee. At number 17, we have the Irish last kick-up, Becky Lynch. At number 16, we have Jackie. At number 15, we have Bailey. At number 14, we have Molly Holly. At number 13, we have Sasha Banks. At number 12, we have the beautiful Alexa Bliss. At number 11, we have Beth Phoenix. So let's get right in to the top 10. So the match on at the moment from the watch list is from TLC 2010. Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus Lay Cool. The first ever women's table match. We're going to have this on in the background. This is part of our watch list. We'll run through that in a second. Right, so there's a couple of segments that I want to bring or start or bring back or have used. Because I really like the, the Dan's Dream debut that we did, I think, in 2015. I'll have that back. There's a couple of suggestions from people. I'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, but first off, one of these things that we've been doing the past couple of weeks that has really caught on a little bit has been Dan's Raws and Smackdown's review. I think that kind of goes, so I'm going to take it. Dan, you watched Raw and Smackdown this week? Yes. Tell me all about it. Start off with Raw. So what happened on Monday Night Raw? Here we go in a match, and both these teams going out. They've been feuding most of the year. Of course, they call Michelle McCall, now married to The Undertaker, and Layla, British-born she was, uh, not on our list, and neither is Natalia, even though she is the, as time of recording, current SmackDown Women's Champion. Of course, Beth Phoenix going to the Hall of Fame in 2017. They're trying to get that pink ladder with uh, the image of Laycall on it. Going to put them through. Look at the power of Beth Phoenix picking up Laycall. Going to try and throw for the table. Both women scrambling away. Tally takes down a clothesline. So, Raw, what happened on Raw, Dan? Right, well, we knew from last week's Raw, after Dean Ambrose and Strowman, that Seth Rollins was going to face the monster among men. He fell a bit short. You know, he, he put up a good fight, but, you know, it, everyone knew that he was going to fall a bit short, so unfortunately. Seth Rollins lost, what, cleanly to Braun Strowman? yeah, lost cleanly. So, is that a sign of things maybe Seth Rollins is not kind of main event level, or is it just because they're trying to rebuild Strowman? What do you reckon? Um, I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to build Strowman up as a monster among men, the way that he should be built up, to be honest, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh, hit another running power slam after the bell. Dean Ambrose came down to save him, and then Sheamus and Herbert. Uh, Dean Ambrose got a bit beaten up by Strowman, oh, and uh, Cesaro and Sheamus came down and attacked the tag team champions. So it's not over yet for the bar and the uh, for Ambrose and Rollins, uh, I guess. Well, no, not... So Seamus is not taking time off yet, then? <laughs> well, <laughs> he wants to. He wants to, he really him. does. But it's not... well, the, other big match set last... <laughs> the, the other big match set last week was, of course, the Intercontinental title match. Well, no, sorry, there was an even bigger match. To the Miz and Reigns, but before we get on that... yeah, There was an even bigger match that was set last week, and that was Titus O'Neil... 
going for a walk with Elias. Oh, right, okay. The GPD. Yeah. Well, we did say it's interesting because Titus has been manager, hasn't he, recently? And yeah. uh, that kind of interaction he had with GPD. Anybody, uh, we were, I was asked on Twitter the other day what GPD stands for. Dan, can you tell the people who uh, might not know what GPD it is? GPD stands for Guitar Playing Douche. Yeah, and um, it's, it, like, it's stuck with him since NXT, and yeah. it, I think it fits him quite aptly. Well, you christened him in NXT, like I say, when you first saw him, but now a little bit more successful. Beth Phoenix, it's just got folded up like an accordion there. Jesus Christ. Fucking yeah. throwing off. Anyway, um, yeah, so Tyson Hill in action. Was he successful in his in ring return? Um, no, he was unsuccessful. Even though he had Apollo Crews by his side, I think Apollo Crews did uh, the match and thus giving uh, Elias Sampson the win with the uh, drift away. Oh, God. It's. Is she just about a Styles clash Natalia through the fucking table from the second rope? Shut the front door. No. The Phoenix pulls her off. Double suplex through. All right, what else happened? Um, Mickey James and Nia Jax. After Mickey James has been being called old by uh, Alicia Fox and Emma, um, she goes into her room to find some gifts. Uh, Lady Panty, you know, like the... Uh, Lady diapers. Oh, right, yeah. For old women. Old women nappies and a Zimmer frame and Mickey James got pissed off. So it's gone from uh, Piggy James to now she's an old woman. That's great at WWE to do, isn't it? They do like to bully Mickey James. (laughs) Um, But James went to Bliss's room a bit pissed off. Nia Jax was there. She answered the door and she said, well, you can have a match with me tonight if you want. So it was Nia Jax versus Mickey James. Right. Um, Mickey James pretty much knocked Nia Jax out with a DDT, but oh. Alexa Bliss made her way to the ring, attacked Mickey James, threw her out of the ring, then got caught, then Alexa Bliss got caught with a chick kick or mick kick, whatever yeah. it's called, and uh, Mickey James won by disqualification. Oh wow! So they protected Nia Jax a little bit, but still made Mickey go strong forward. Uh, anything else? Um, Matt Hardy teamed up with Jason Jordan again to go against uh, Ganderson. They lost. <laughs> what, Ganderson lost? Uh, no, Ganderson won. Oh, fair play to him. Um, you know, it wasn't a bad match. I, I do think Jordan does actually work quite well in the ring. Yeah, I mean, he is a great wrestler. We've talked he, about He this, is like the poor man Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, well, even well, I think, that, like you say, breaking up American Alpha Lincoln, if they kept on, it would be possibility of being one of the greatest teams uh, especially in modern history, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, there was Jeff's out and Jordan's going to get booed. He won't get booed as much with Matt by his side, will he? So I suppose for the... Exactly, time. yeah, you know, it's. I think it's more to help Jordan than it is to help Matt. Mm. Um, and then up next was the match you referred to earlier, Miz versus Roman Reigns for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, Reigns did win the Intercontinental title then, I guess. Well, Roman Reigns never loses, does he? No, no, but no. before the bell rang, he did actually take out the Miz Taraj, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel in a wise move, took them up the ramp and yeah. just beat the granny out of the pair of them. Great strategy. Very great strategy. Oh, you said that correctly. I know, hell, I, I know, I've been practicing. Have you been taking your word pills? Can I just say, Natalia now has got the double sharpshooter in that <laughs> On both Layla and Michelle McCall. <laughs> And they're oh. both tapping out, but of course it's a tables match, so they can't tap out. No, but they are setting up the table. Uh, yeah, so he took out the Miz-Tourage before the bell. Yep, so and then uh, when the when Reigns finally got into the ring, the Miz-Tourage was escorted backstage because they was a bit wounded after taking punishment from Reigns. 
Uh, the Miz looked flabbergasted. He didn't really want the match, obviously. You know, going against oh, yeah. the dog, the big dog, the guy, the especially with uh, the new uh, the new number one in the company in it, Roman Reigns. Yeah, and the Miz always likes to take a shortcut, and with no uh, Maurice by his side, and like I said, Miz tries just taken out. He would have been panicking, wouldn't he? <laughs> Indeed, yes. But um, no, he managed to withstand like Roman Reigns' early onslaught, and then just as he got hit with a Superman punch, someone came out to save him. Who's comes? Who came out to save the Miz? The Bar. The Bar. The Bar come out. So Reigns <laughs> wins the match, but via disqualification, so Miz retains. Uh, but the Miz Taraj, when they came out, sorry, I forgot to mention this, when they came out to the match, they entered it a la Shield through oh, the crowd. Oh, right. So, you know, they're, they're teasing us. They're teasing us. But no, it was a, it was quite a good match. It was entertaining more than anything. But so um, the bar then beat down Reigns, what with Miz as well. Yeah, involved. yeah and uh, they beat the granny out of Roman Reigns. And then they was walking out and the crowd was chanting the Shield. So Cesaro said they want the shield, we give them the shield. So they gave him the shield triple powerbomb. Oh. And then they stood over Reigns' lifeless corpse. And they fisted. And they fisted, but the bar had their thumbs out as well. So the bar and Miz have done exactly the same as... It's like an upgrade, isn't it? It was going to be the Miz Taraj last week as the shield, and now they've inserted the bar. Do you think that's, a good, do you think that's a good thing? Well, you, you know, they're teasing it, aren't they? You know, yeah. I think after the reception that Amp got when they was teasing, like, the fist bump, the, you know, the crowd absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're trying to do that and anything to stop Roman Reigns getting booed, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, what was right after? Was it right after it happened or was it a bit later on? Oh, that bit was right at the end. Uh, up next, Finn Balor called out Bray Wyatt. So that oh, saga's not God. ended. <laughs> so after... <laughs> After Balor beat him as the demon, he beat him as the man. Yeah. But Bray's trying to say, well, you put your makeup on to become the demon or something, or to take yourself away from whatever you are or something silly. But then he says, well, Sister Abigail's not dead. She lied to me. She never lied to me. You know, like Sister Abigail. And so apparently she's still about. Oh, so Sister Abigail are going to try and resurrect that now, then? That's a bit there's, uh, well, there's been a few... Uh, a few, like people are saying, some people are saying, well, it's Bray's sister Abigail. Oh God! I think someone from NXT Developmental posted yeah. a picture, so you know, teasing it could be her. Yeah, I mean, there's possibilities, isn't there? You know, the people that it could be. I always had a good one. Uh, I know we're talking about a, that kind of fantasy booking. Should say quickly, the end of TLC, the the end of the table match, and Natalia managing to. Slam both of they call through that custom table. That was a match, Dan. Um, it, it was quite entertaining for a first. Uh, I think Natalia and Beth Phoenix both looked really good in this match. I think it was just kind of a whitewash, really. Yeah, it proves how dominant these kind of divas of doom were. Yeah, one of my fantasy bookings was always a sister Abigail, AJ Lee. And AJ Lee, because she was always crazy, wasn't she? She, no, was she al- was always natted in a squirrel's turd. Exactly, involved in other wrestlers, you know, like with uh, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. And plus, AJ, we don't know what the AJ stands for, so she might have just added the J, the A's Abigail. 
So, you know, I mean, Abigail Lee, and then it's actually Wyatt. So, and have her involved, because she might be able to pull that off, you know, especially the kind of well, I think, fake way. I know it's a bit out of the box, but Rosemary from Impact Wrestling, have you seen her? She yes, comes out like yes. a female Finn Balor. Yeah, no. It, I, I think she'd be good. She would be very, very good. But as I say, it's an interesting idea so if they do carry But on. hopefully if they do it, they do it right. Yeah. Yeah, so what about the undefeated uh, Cruiserweight champion, Enzo Moore? Where was the main event player? On oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I was hang before on. Hang on. Yeah, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Emma and Alicia Fox. Oh, and, uh, of course, Banks and Bailey won. It was a yeah, pretty substandard match, really, you know. It was just a tag team match, but do you think they're trying to play into the hands because there's also, rumour has it. Rumour has it. That there's going to be women's tag team championships as well. Oh, that would be very interesting. Uh, but again, yes. Yeah, where is Enzo? We want Enzo. Enzo Amore addresses the cruiserweight division. And after, after showing exactly what happened a fair few times in replays, much to Corey's delight and my delight, of course, as well, throughout the night. But um, Enzo, you know, he limped to the ring and he's bragged about what he's done for 205 Live and although Amore announced anyone who tacked him would be fired he's had a new contract clause put in anyone who touches him will be fired and they will lose their job oh right so all the wrestlers came out and they kind of surrounded him well and they run and then Enzo tried to walk away through the crowd but wrestlers was coming through the crowd and they was all stood up on the ring apron and uh you know, they were just surrounded Enzo, who was in the ring. Yeah, because uh, Enzo said he's been disrespected as well, hasn't he? Because of the way he's uh, been spoken to. So, unless they apologise, you know, he won't really want to be a uh, part of that. But it's interesting, cause Enzo... Exactly, because he's saying, well, I've put uh, 205 Live in the main event of Raw for the past two exactly. weeks. And he has, to be fair. Do you know why they've put him in the main event for weeks? Why? They're saying at the moment, because the NFL Monday Night Football is so huge, gets such a big audience, and that finishes always a little bit later... That Raw now are giving us the best two hours to begin with. They're like trying to pack in the most, and then the last hour filling it with people that maybe are in work, not main yeah. event material, and that's why Enzo has been uh, main event in Raw. Ah, right. But, um, you know, after saying that anyone who touches him will be getting fired. So the next match on the watch list is from uh, SummerSlam 2014, the 17th of August, and it's AJ Lee versus... Page for the Divas title. We see Page skipping gaily. These have been frenemies since Page debuted the night after WrestleMania, shockingly winning the Divas title. Then AJ returned and challenged Page and shockingly won back this championship. So, so we talk about Raw, Dan. Yes. Enzo main event in. Yes. How did it end? Um. Well, you know, Enzo saying, "Yeah, I've been the main event for the Raw past two weeks in a row." Yada yada yada, and. uh as he was surrounded by the rest of the 205 Live division, Kurt Angle comes out and he says, well, in your contract, none of these others can touch you. But this new guy that I signed can. And if I was expecting someone big to yeah. come out. Ricochet, maybe. Will Ospreay. Well, you know, someone who we thought would be good. Jay Lethal. Kalisto. Oh. Ah. What response did that get from the crowd? Eh... Yeah, you know, it wasn't the best response, I but think... anyone beating Enzo Amore up is good in my books. It is, but I think tepid would be the uh, the best the best way of describing that. So Kaliso's going to be the next in line challenge Enzo Amore. He is, yes, and uh, 
you know, it is fitting for Kalisto to be part of the cruiserweight division. Yeah, I mean, he's a great worker, isn't he? You know, former two-time US champion as well. I thought he was part of the cruiserweight division, to be fair. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> you already came over and that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we finished off with Roman Reigns sat backstage, dejected. Yeah, because of the 3-1 beatdown. Exactly know, that. Yeah, you know, and uh, putting up the prominent shield. As well. Um, yeah, 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 the fist earlier, you know, mocking Reigns. Yeah. It, the camera zoomed out a bit, and then uh, Dean Ambrose was stood next to him. Oh. oh. And then the camera zoomed out a bit more, and Seth Rollins was yeah. there. And then they just knowingly looked at each other and nodded, and then Seth left. And Roman Reigns was just there on his own. It's the first time in about two years that Roman Reigns has been cheered in that moment in time. When they first saw Ambrose, you know, it said the crowd did go crazy. And they thought, yeah, Ambrose. But then Seth Rollins, because he has been the man, the missing piece of this jigsaw. You know, Ambrose and Reigns haven't really had a fallout, have they? You Indeed, know? yes. Whereas with Seth Rollins now to come back and be a part of this, as Paige sends AJ face first into the barricade, after it looked like she had her hair pulled out. Indeed, yes. So, so that was raw. I mean, what were your thoughts on the, this, this kind of hinting at the shield, Dan? Did it get you excited? Uh, yeah, it has, yeah, as long as they do it right. I mean, you know, they don't just want to... I'm glad they're not wasting it on Miz and the Miztourage. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, with the feuds that's going on, it could be like title for title. Winner takes home all, you know, something interesting like that would be a big, big good angle to, to yeah, it would be a good angle to do it. Yeah, no, that would be, uh, I'd be really, really enjoyable because, uh, interestingly enough, Dan, I will say this, interestingly enough, since the Shield split, all right? Yeah. So when Reigns, Ambrose, Rollins, when they do reunite, because it will happen. Oh, of course it will. Uh, it will be the first time since they split on June 2nd, 2014. That they've been a unit. A ton has changed in the WWE since then. So it's only three years ago, right? Yeah. But this is how much has changed. The night's results speak to that. A good number of superstars in action on that Raw since they exited the company. Rob Van Dam, Bad News Barrett, Batista, Damien Sandow, Ryback, Adam Rose, Jack Swagger, El Torito, Asana, uh, Alberto Del Rio, and the Colons, who were still lost Matadores back then. Yeah. Paul Heyman managed Cesaro and Ryde Baxel was still a team. <laughs> Paige held the Divas Championship, a title that no longer exists. You can see time moves fast in WWE. Uh, three years can seem like an age ago, and it really does. And the other interesting thing about this as well, why I bring it up, because this Monday Night and Raw is being held in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, Dan, ask me why that's a special town. Why is that a special town? What is really weird about it is because if the Shield do, in fact, as a free in front of the cameras as part of a team, like reunited, yeah. it would mean a very special set of circumstances because Survivor Series 2012, November 29th, when they debuted, it was in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then June 2nd, 2014, the Raw was held. Can you tell me where, where do you think the Raw was held? When Indianapolis? The Indianapolis, Indiana. So it could mean that they debuted, split, and then reformed all in Indy, which where is Raw has been held this Monday. So if I was put money down on where we'll see the triple fist, I reckon it will be a Monday, and then hopefully, like I say, building towards the TLC pay-per-view. It's something that I can't wait for. But, Dan, SmackDown was it on Tuesday. What are your SmackDown thoughts? Um, 
Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. You know, it's the uh, it's all building up towards Hell in a Cell, and Shinsuke Nakamura kicks off SmackDown Live. You know, it was a interview with uh, Nakamura, and he uh, he said, "Well, he's he's tired of uh, six sticks and stones will break his bones, but." Names would never hurt him, you know, in reference to being made fun out of. But before he could move on, the Singh brothers interrupted him. Oh, dear. And they introduced the modern-day Maharaja. And uh, Mahal attacked Nakamura from behind. And uh, and then the Singh brothers joined in, you know, turned it into a three-on-one beatdown. So, you know, that ended that. Uh Charlotte and Becky Lynch against Carmella and Natalia. Again, another women's tag team match. Yeah. So, you know, teasing, seeing how it is. And, of course, uh, Charlotte's going against Natalia for Hell in a Cell. And uh, Natalia and Carmella defeated Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Oh, well, speaking of divas, should just say that Paige just beating AJ Lee in quite a short match with the DDT. And now she's giving a hug, making sure everything's all right. Now, that's nice, isn't it? You see? They're friends. Mm. You see? It's friends. Nice. A little kiss on the cheek as well for good luck. There you go. And Paige is the Divas champion. What do you think of the match, Dan? I thought it was uh, it was a good match, yeah. You know, um, I prefer this, this kind of match because, you know, it's a lot more modern. They're using, you know, proper moves. They're not just there for bras and panties, yeah, I mean, so it, to speak. It's changed a lot, hasn't it? We can see the way Paige turned that into the beautiful DDT to get the win. And we move on to our next match. Uh, yes, what else happened on SmackDown, Dan? Um, Bobby Roode went against Mike Kanellis in a very, very short match. Oh, did Mike Kanellis beat... No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <coughs> he squashed Kanellis. Uh, <laughs> literally hit him with a spine... Bu- well, Mike Kanellis started off early. Hit him with a spine buster, glorious DDT... Job done. Oh, wow. So, do you think uh, Mike's been punished a little bit for Maria? Maria's pregnancy? I mean, Mike was to blame for the pregnancy, don't get me wrong as well. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a punishment. But then again, they're trying to build Rude up, aren't they? They most certainly are, yeah. But after the match, Dolph Ziggler interrupted the celebration, mocking the idea that he needs entrance to make his way to the ring. That's all Bobby Rude is, is an entrance. And of course, James, you must know that well, as soon as you turn it up loud every time he makes it, and you have to have one a month. Yes, I have one a month, but like we talked about, Bobby Roode is the complete performer, isn't he? You know, he's he everything. It's not just the entrance. The entrance of the cherry on the ice. Have you seen? Cake. Did you see that? No. Oh, you haven't. Oh, at the end of it, because uh, of course, uh, Dolph Ziggler came out of a big drum, beating it, walking down to the ring, and then like he went back, and then he got some like little uh, shooters, like some. Like confetti sprayers, <laughs> right. and then he had some maracas. You know, oh, <laughs> and then, um, and then Rude was like, "Nah, that's not how you make an entrance." And then he, he waved his hands. He went, "Ooh, glorious!" And as he done that, his music hit at the same time. He was oh, supposed to do wow. the glorious bit. Yeah. So, like, that looked really impressive. You'll have to watch that. <laughs> most definitely, I'll catch up with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was uh, it was just adding fuel to the fire of them two. And then the Usos came out to read New Day their rights for Hell in a Cell. A bit boring, really. <laughs> but, you know, it's 
too many matches they've had now. Well, it's, it ends, doesn't it? Hell in a Cell. Hopefully, yes. It uh, does. Our next pay-per-view, our next show, actually, Domino 126, Hell yeah. in a Cell, comes to an end, doesn't it? New Day and New size. But what else happened on SmackDown? Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10, went against Baron Corbin. Hey, Dillinger won. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did win. Oh. He beat Baron Corbin. He beat Baron Corbin. Yeah. Good lad. <laughs> um... The hill try uh, Corbin tried to get him in a suplex, but Dillinger counted into a small package roll up for the upset victory. So Dillinger did beat Corbin. Fair play to. I mean, then, Corbin's win loss record is fucking awful. It is, yeah, for for a big guy. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. But after the match, Styles was on the big screen, and the uh, he said, "You've got the ability of a thoroughbred and the attitude of a jackass." Yay! And uh, he said he's worked hard to build SmackDown and would not allow Corbin to thrive off shortcuts. Fair but again, you know, it's just adding fuel to the fire, which is um, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And then, of course, Mr. Titan ripped himself, went against Aiden English. Uh, English started attacking early, um, tried to get in the uh, distraction from Rusev, who jumped up onto the ring apron. Obviously, he got caught with an RKO. Rusev attempted a sneak attack as Orton's back was turned, but as he was trying to slide into the room, Orton came down. Punched his fist onto the mat, and Rusev backed away like oh. a little bitch that he is. You know, it's not really much of a rivalry. No, I think really? Rusev has not been on the winning side of this rivalry. I nah. don't care what anybody says. And the end of the time, I'm expecting Rusev victory, but then again, I wouldn't put past Orton to fucking RKO him out of nowhere. Well, whichever yeah. one I put, the opposite's going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it don't really fucking matter to me. I know, I know. So I'm going to write someone's name down, and then I'm going to cross it out and then put the opposite. And then the opposite will happen. And then the first name I'll write down. But, um, and then, of course, the main event for Hell in a Cell, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, they come face to face. And uh, Owens beat the granny out of Shane McMahon, and then Shane McMahon made his way back down, saying, look, you know, I'm not done with yet. You know, they fought outside yeah. the arena. And uh, it was a powerbomb through the uh, merchandise table. And then Shane McMahon limped his way back to the ring after Owens had already made his way back down there. So Owens destroyed McMahon. On yeah, well, he launched himself off the guardrail to take out Owens with a clothesline when he came back to the arena. And then he was table. McMahon continued to fight. And then... Um, Owens hit my man with a pop-up powerbomb to close the show. Oh, wow. So what did you? What were your thoughts? What was better, Raw or SmackDown this week? I think Raw was... Yeah? Yeah, just... You know, well, the first two hours of Raw anyway. Yeah. And then the last... <laughs> the last The last five seconds. minutes, yeah. Uh, we should say next match on the watch list. So everybody can watch any of these matches on the watch list. It is Bailey versus Banks, 22nd of August. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015. What a match this is going to be. Banks come out like a proper star. Uh, is so this the one that made the main event? This is not the main oh, event. No. The, the main event is the following month. NXT, I think, respect when the first ever women's Iron Man match or Iron Woman match. But I personally think this one is, is a better match. Bailey's in a precarious position and Banks just comes down with all her weights, all her weight, the knees to Bailey. It's going to be over. No. Managing to kick out. Oh. So our top 25 women list continues with number 10, and that is Charlotte Flair. She is 5 foot 10. 5 foot? She is 5... <laughs> oh, no, you started it started She's 5 foot. With Charlotte Flair, and she is 5 foot 10. She's from the Queen City, 
Her signature moves are the figure eight leg lock and the natural selection. Her career highlights include Raw Women's Champion, WWE Women's Champion, Divas Champion and NXT Women's Champion. Um, well, she may be the daughter of 16-time world champion Ric Flair. Woo! But Charlotte Flair, woo, is carving out a path of greatness all on her own. Displaying a level of athleticism that few, <laughs> that few superstars in history can match, Charlotte's fir- Charlotte first captured the attention of the NXT universe with a type of statement victory that's rarely been seen before or with her father watching on, Charlotte defeated Natalia at NXT TakeOver to win an eight-women tournament on May the 29th, 2014, becoming the new NXT Women's Champion in the process. In the months that followed, the self-proclaimed genetically superior athlete turned back one challenge after another, helping cement the women's division as one of the most competitive in all sports entertainment. But soon, she awaited debut as a full-time superstar in WWE, helping to usher in a genuine women's revolution in WWE with Charlotte herself as the first of the new arrivals to win the Divas title and the first athlete to win the Raw Women's Championship, a title that she would go on to hold four more times. The Queen would continue to blaze trails in the ring, going undefeated over 16 pay-per-views and becoming one of the to main event a pay-per-view, defeating Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell match. In the 2017 Superstar Shake-Up, Charlotte was sent to SmackDown Live, where she immediately established herself as a top contender to Naomi's SmackDown Women's title. Though the Queen and Naomi would be attacked by the envious trio of Natalia, Carmella and Tamina during their championship match on resulting in a no contest. While she didn't capture the title, Charlotte became the first female superstar in WWE history to main event a singles match on Raw, SmackDown Live and a pay-per-view. More challenges are bound to surface, they always do. Yet, come what may, Charlotte Flair will continue competing the only way she knows how, with Flair. Woo! Okay, so number nine... Number nine is Ivory, and she's five foot five. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, now, Ivory, she's five foot five from Seattle and a three-time women's champion. But Lisa Mary Moretti, born the 26th of November 1961, had a little bit of experience before she joined the WWF, which is interesting because... She was dragged along to an audition to be in the newly formed Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, or GLOW. So that's on Netflix now, the the new series about it, the documentary which she does feature on. And she was a part of that um, company until it actually go out of business. And then she did join the WWF in 1999. And one of the most compassion, one of the most passionate composer women's roster. Like I said, Ivory kicked off her W career in '99 in the corner of D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. From there, she transitioned into singles competition, where she won the women's championship twice in her first year with the company. The dynamic diva was one the fans loved to hate, as she betrayed a bad girl image for most of her wrestling career. This personnel was amplified when she joined up with a conservative group, Right to Censor. The gorgeous diva now covered up her body with a conservative black and white clothing, robbing WWE fans of the privilege of seeing her flawless figure. 
Luckily for the WWE Universe, the group eventually disbanded and Ivory dropped the conservative skirts when she joined up with the Alliance. So she just went from strength to strength, you know? Indeed, One, one yes. bad group to another. Destined to shake up the scene, Ivory won her third Women's Championship in 2000. This time she overcome future Hall of Famer Lita. The three-time Women's Champion didn't stop in the ring. Not only did she have a memorable turn as a trainer on WWE Reality Show, but she got behind the microphone as host of various WWE television programs before retiring in July 2005. Now, Dan, what are your thoughts on Charlotte? She's made the top 10. Are you happy with top 10? Do you like her as a worker? Um, Yeah, I think she's certainly been impressive, you know, since the new era has begun. I I think women's wrestling has certainly gone up a, a few notches. Of the four horsewomen, I think she's probably the the more gifted of them. Yeah, definitely deserves her place in the top ten. And what are your thoughts on Ivory? You, I mean, you're an Attitude Era fan. You know of her. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, my personal favourites is when, when she was part of the Right to Censor group. She did used to get referred to as uh, Lilith. <laughs> yeah. Is it Lilith? Yeah, Lilith, yeah, Lilith Crane. Yeah, uh, which that uh, cracked me up, but... You know, I think she played the part well and wrestled in uh, a f- quite a few memorable matches as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ivory because she was one of those even back then. And you could argue that's what WWE, Divas, or WWE women do now is the fact is it wasn't all about the body. Even though she was a good looking gal, it was a talent that got her through, you know. And that's the thing I liked about Ivory. Wasn't it in the... Uh... In the bikini competition, she was reluctant to strip off. Was yes, she, she was. Yeah. yeah, she had the jumper on. She, she didn't want to take it off. Baggy jumper on. But when she did, don't get me wrong, she oh, had a great, yeah, great figure. Body, but, yeah. you know, Ivory was more about being a, a strong woman in WWE. And talk about strong women. There might not be any stronger than our number eight. And it's my one of my personal favourites. It is Sensational Sherry or Sherry Martell. So, Sensational Sherry, five foot seven from New Orleans, signature move the sleeper hold. Career highlights, AWA Women's Champion, WWE Women's Champion, and 2006 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Even those who aren't familiar with the groundbreaking career of sensational Sherry Martell will recognise her distinct voice. Her rendition of Shawn Michaels' entrance theme, Sexy Boy, ushered HBK to the ring for years, but sensational Sherry was much more than a voice. Martel was skilled and accomplished inside the ring and a force when managing from outside of it. Physical strength and a tough personality redefined women's roles in sports entertainment, paving the way for many WWE superstars to follow. Many of the greatest superstars enjoyed association with sensational Sherry and many more had to watch their back when she was at ringside. In the early 1980s, Sherry began her career in the AWA. In 1985, she defeated Candy Devine to become the AWA Women's Champion. Lasted more than a year with the championship training hands on several occasions. It was during this time when she began perfecting her skills as a manager, leading Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers to the AWA Tag Team Championship. On June 28, 1986, Martel would win the AWA Women's Championship for a third and final time from Candy Devine. On July 24th, 1987, Sensational Sherry debuted in WWE, pinning her trainer and mentor, the fabulous Moolah, to become the women's champion. Sherry defended the gold against Debbie Combs, Velvet McIntyre and Desiree Pat- Peterson. She quickly earned a reputation as someone who would do anything to win, even if it meant using unsavoury tactics. Her rivalry with Moolah continued as they became the, cap- become the captains on the first day of a female Survivor Series team in 1989. 
Sherry, Sherry held the championship for 15 months before losing it to Rockin' Robin. And then afterwards, after she decided to walk away from the ring, it doesn't say this on the WWE profile, but after she walked away from w, uh, walked away from wrestling, not only did she manage to take over from Miss Elizabeth as the uh, the match as the sensational Queen Sherry with Macho King for for the year, and she also went like I said with Shawn Michaels, association with Rick Martel. She obviously married Rick Martel. Then she moved over to WCW, and that wasn't the end of it either, because she still managed Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray to success. So she had a, a phenomenal career. And like we say, I mean, she was even in ECW as well, managing Shane Douglas in 1993, you know? And then she was with, like I said, Harlem Heat. And don't forget as well, we saw her in 2005. She took part in the um, storyline with Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, didn't they, before WrestleMania 21? We all remember that, don't we? Because... Uh, Kurt Angle then put Sherry into a, an ankle lock. Oh, no, she made a return to SmackDown singing a parody of Michael's theme song with Angle because it was Sexy Kurt, wasn't sexy it? Sexy Kurt, and That's yeah, where that came that. from. And like I was saying, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2006 uh, by Ted DiBiase. And even then, she tried to offer her managerial services to free agent Bobby Roode in TNA in 2006. So, Fuck I mean, man. Sherry was there. But then I say, unfortunately, uh, drug over those... June 15th, 2007, at the age of 49, which is no age at all. But sensational, Sherry, I had to fight to get you on the list. You're in my top 10 with a, the, your body of work maybe outperforms near enough every in this list. And there's no other bigger thing in saying that than that. And, and I mean, Sherry Martel, she, even we watched SummerSlam Night 2 a couple of months ago. And she was so entertaining, it wasn't she? You know, the way she kind of passed out at ringside. Yeah. Pretended to be out yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. Sean would be carrying her back and then get, you know, the water thrown on her. She she was, you know, such a great performer. Fair place for Sherry. Any thoughts on Sherry Martel? Uh, no, you know, I, I don't remember her too much as as a, an in-ring performer. More for a managerial side of things. And she was a very entertaining manager. Besides Shawn Michaels, Macho Man, and uh, you know so on and so forth. Yeah, she was she was an entertaining addition. Yeah, to a match. You know, she she's I think she's a lot more better than the you know the later days of Maria Kanellis, <laughs> um, Lana, and you know the, the, the thing about the sort. yeah, but the thing about Sherry that I really enjoyed, like you say, involved in the match. You know, it was only probably her and China that you probably give them a good chance to. Do you know what I mean? And they would take. A lot of punishment as well. Uh, because, like I said, Sherry was a, a trained professional wrestler. She did that for 20 years before she became a manager. But anyway, well, we're talking about tough women, Dan. Who is number seven on the list? Uh, well, number seven, I think when we redo a list again in a couple of three years' time, uh, well, she's going to feature a lot higher on the list. Yes, but playing devil's advocate, what about if it doesn't work out in WWE? Well, again, that's all yeah. I'm saying. That's yeah. all I'm saying. But we don't, we don't know at the moment. We we think it's going to work, but you never know. Look at the Ascension, the most dominant NXT tag team of all time, came up to the main roster. I'm not saying they're the same, but surely don't call me Sherry. We just they're not going to fuck up. We don't know. We'll, like I said, we'll revisit the list probably in a couple of years and bang it up to fifty, and then we'll we'll see if yes. we need to change. Anything. But anyway, but without anyway. further ado, number seven on our list. Is Oscar? Yeah. Uh, she stands at five foot three inches. She's from Osaka, Japan, and her signature move is, of course, the Oscar lock. Um, her career highlights thus far include NXT Women's Championship and uh, 
2016 Female Competitor of the Year, which is rightly deserved. Nobody is ready for Oscar. Yet to be pinned or made to submit. Nobody is ready for Oscar. Yet to be pinned or made to submit since her debut in NXT in October 2015, the Empress of Tomorrow has been nothing short of unstoppable. Marching to the ring in her traditional NOH mask and kaleidoscopic battle gear and looking every bit the victor before the opening bell even rings, Oscar has trounced every superstar thrown her way, using her perfect technique and wicked intentions to take down everyone from Nia Jax to Bailey, whom Oscar's NXT Women's Champion, to Ember Moon. All the while, the far... All the while, the fierce Japanese superstar has worn an intimidating smile on her face, seemingly finding joy in stretching out her overmatched challengers. After repeatedly declaring that she cannot be touched inside the ring, Oscar relinquished the NXT women's title in September 2017, ending her historic record-breaking title reign on day number 520 so she could focus on new opportunities in WWE. And it was soon revealed that Oscar would be headed to Raw. Though her brand affiliation has changed, the larger question remains the same. Will anybody find an answer to the Empress of Tomorrow? Could it maybe be Alexa Bliss that finishes her off? Well, if anyone can do it, my baby girl Bliss could. Number six on the list after Oscar. Well, who's better than Oscar? Well, on this list at number six, it is Alundra Blaze slash Medusa, five foot ten for Tampa, Florida, the bridging German suplex, women's champion, WWE cruiserweight champion, and 2005 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. On the night of December 18th, 1995, Alundra Blaze walked onto the set of WWE's Nitro with her WWE Women's Championship in hand and proceeded to dump the title into a garbage can on live television. At a time when WWE had the advantage over the WWE in the storied Monday Night War, the incident was a cannonball through the front gates of Mr. McMahon's crumbling empire. Not only had another one of his competitors aligned him aligned themselves with the competition, but a WWE title had been publicly disgraced. Still, while the segment had, has become one of the most defining moments of the classic era of sports entertainment, it has served to overshadow the stellar in-ring career of Alundra Blaze. A tall, attractive stunner with a fast smile and no shortage of attitude. Blaze clawed her way out of the frostbitten armories in the Midwest to become a mainstream celebrity in Japan and the competitor who almost, <clears throat> almost single-handed as the Women's Championship in WWE. And she did it with the same moxie that led her to trash a title on TV. Breaking into sports entertainment in the mid-80s, Blaze started out in Vern Gagne's American Wrestling Association with the ring name Medusa. She may have been inexperienced, but her long legs and revealing outfits introduced a bit of rock star appeal that was in the Minnesota rings at the time. Tangling with future Hall of Famers like Wendy Richter and Sherry Martel, Blaze developed quickly and earned passage to all Japan's pro wrestling, the greatest showcase for female talent that ever existed. AJW boasted icons like Bull Nakano and Aisha Kong, who helped Blaze develop into not only a well-rounded grappler, but a minor celebrity in Japan. Upon returning to the US, Blaze entered WSW where she served as a villainous member of Paul Heyman's Dangerous Alliance and a close ally to Ravishing Rick Rude. 
She broke out as a competitor on American Soul in 1993 when she joined the WWE as a face of the revamped Women's Championship. Defeating Heidi Lee Morgan to win the vacant title, Blaze introduced a physical Japanese style to the States through a series of grisly bouts against Nakano and Kong. When interest in the Women's Championship waned, WWE disbanded the, uh, the division and released all female competitors, including still the WWE Women's Champion. Blaze was immediately hired by WWE where she would finish out her in-ring career once again as Medusa. From her controversial dumping of the title, she battled dangerous opponents like Akira Hakutu and Luna Vachon, linked up with a macho man Randy Savage, and even defeated Evan Courageous to win the WWE Cruiserweight title. Blaze was honoured for Blaze was honoured for a dust. Blaze was honoured for her career when she was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on the eve of WrestleMania 30. Blaze retired from the ring in 2001 after nearly two decades of one of the most revered women in all of wrestling. As for the WWE Women's Title. She's still holding on to it. But isn't it interesting how... Right, I, I know I've just talked a lot. But that instant of throwing the, the trash... Uh, tr- throwing the title in the trash... It, it, in actual fact, it was WWF's fault. Because Vince McMahon released her as women's champion. So, in actual fact, if she hadn't got a job... Do you know what I mean? It was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, you know, you can see her side of things. Well, WWE then signed her and said, well, if you still got the title, bring it in. So, Vince McMahon didn't care. And then all of a sudden, he did care once the title was in the trash can, you know? Yeah. And and like I said, Andre Blaze Medusa was blacklisted from the WWF, or the WWE, right until, you know, like I say, WrestleMania, uh, the Hall of Fame induction. Induction at ceremony. Very interesting. Any thoughts on Blaze or Medusa? Um, no, you know, she certainly brought her own unique style of wrestling back across the pond from when she was uh, fighting in Japan, which is, again, you know, is a revolution in itself. Yeah, no, you know, she was, she was very impressive, yeah. So we move on, and it is number five, Dan. Well, heading up the top five, it is Mae Young. And uh, she's from Sand Springs in Oklahoma. Her signature moves are the Bronco Buster, which <laughs> that would be nasty. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the elbow drop. Her career highlights, hang on for this one. Right, okay, go on then. The first ever NWA United States Women's Champion competed in the ring in nine different decades. Fucking hell. She was the winner of the Miss Royal Rumble 2000 Bikini Contest. <laughs> yeah, we all remember that one. Because what did she say at that point in time? Who wants to see my puppies? <laughs> and of course, she is a 2008 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. In current times, staying in one vocation for 20 to 25 years seems like an eternity for most. Even in the rough world of sports entertainment where every match could super last, a quarter century is considered an incredibly lengthy career. Take that and triple it. However, and you have the span of one of the greatest female competitors ever to lace up a pair of boots, Mae Young. And Joni Mae Young began her professional career in 1939. (laughs) Already an incredible athlete, she was on her Tulsa, Oklahoma-based high school wrestling team and was national uh, was a national champion softball player. Young embarked on her chosen livelihood at the tender age of 15. Throughout the 1940s, she blazed the path for future female grapplers everywhere. With World War II in its mists and many territories that didn't feature women's wrestling began to open up those doors, which were kicked down by Young and her contemporaries. 
Yes, she remained one of the most active and successful female superstars throughout the next few decades. Young was the first US women's champion and her lengthy rivalry with the legendary Mildred Burke was one of the most storied of all time. In fact, in 1954, she and Burke were among the first female competitors to tour post-war Japan. Young's legacy was further cemented the day she decided to help train future superstars. One of her pupils would go on to become arguably the best icon in women's wrestling, her longtime friend, the late Fabulous Moolah. Young and Burke both helped train Moolah, who would become the longest reigning champion in sports entertainment history and the first female WWE Hall of Famer. Another of Young's most famous students was Rick Drazen, a former rock and roll guitarist and sports, in, and sports entertainer who was a one-time training partner of Arnold Schwarzenegger. While she continued to compete, Young's career was relatively unheralded until the turn of the 21st century. In 1999, she and Fabulous Moolah made an appearance on SmackDown. Although it wasn't the most successful, Moolah was laid out by guitar while Young felt the figure four leg lock. It began a second career for the two legends. Over the next few years, Young made semi-regular appearances on WWE programming and was never afraid to take chances that many might be afraid to. After all, how many women, or men for that mid-70s, would survive being powerbombed through a table? In addition, she entered and won the Miss Royal Rumble competition in 2000 and stood faithfully at her best friend's side when Moolah won her final women's championship. Young also had a humorous tryst with Mark Henry during that time that fosters some of the most bizarre moments in sports entertainment history. In later years, Young's career got the recognition it deserved. In 2000, several of her contemporaries were profiled in Lipstick and Dynamite, a documentary film about the early pioneers of women's wrestling in, two, uh, about women's wrestling. in 2008, Young joined co-star trainee and late friend Moolah and sensational Sherry Martel in the cl- highest class of superstars as she became only the third female at the time to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Young was inducted by good friend Pat Patterson who tells some stories that are better left unpublished but just go to show what kind of character Mae Young really was. When Mae Young passed away on January 14th, 2014, the entire WWE Universe stood in unison to offer an ovation to a, to a true queen of the canvas. Yeah, and of course, since that moment in time as well, we've just had the Mae Young Classic, which is the very first women's tournament on the WWE Network. So the impact of Mae Young is still being felt Today, you know, and we talk about those skits. I mean, yeah, she won the uh, the Miss Rumble 2000 swimsuit. She also gave birth to a hand with Mark Henry, didn't she? Let's not forget about that. Uh, and, and also, you know, with Eric Bischoff, where she uh, Bronco busted him in the corner. The story beforehand was that Vincent Mann and everybody said to May, sardine up. So she had all these sardines and she stuffed them up a crotch. Oh. <laughs> so when she actually did it to Bischoff, Bischoff said it was the worst smelling thing in the world. But May Young, we're talking about, you know, back in the day, she was um, a trailblazer. One of the few ma- women who managed to uh, continue it, like we said, for over nine decades and wanted to wrestle on her 100th birthday. But uh, May Young, a true legend. Most certainly, yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's one of these ones that will never be forgiven as long as there's wrestling about. i just say, at the moment, Sasha 
Have an absolute brilliant war. Uh, Banks is focusing on the arm of Bailey. I just remember how, what a great match this is. This is one of my favourite kind of women's matches, especially the, the rivalry and how Sasha Banks was, you know, this kind of boss character. But again, you know, nowadays they're teaming up together. Yeah, I know. So it's weird how times change. I think Banks is a better character like this. And now both women just going to slug it out now. You don't see it in a... It's a new thing. No, it wasn't there before. You know, being treated as a, the men, being in the co-main event, like you said, Dan, earlier, they would main event the next pay-per-view as well. You know, NXT women did change it, and the women's revolution came from this as well as how important, you know, this match was. But anyway, Dan, on with the list, and you have number four. And who is number four? Well, up next, at number four, is Lita. And she stands at five foot six. She's from Stanford, North Carolina. Her signature move was the moonsault or the Lita Kunrana. Her career highlights include women's champion, 2014 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Well, do you want to watch end the list and then do the, do the Lita thing? <laughs> there's only, I think there's only a couple of minutes left because Bailey at the moment is uh, tightening her hair, looking like she's going to go. For the Bailey to Bailey, can she get Banks? Oh no, but Banks intelligently drops to her knees to try and put her weight down further. And she's trying to defend the women's NXT women's title. Oh, nearly got caught in a the pin there. Oh, gets picked up by Bailey, but can't quite get the Bailey to Bailey. Oh, and Banks the arm breaker. She's been working on the arm the whole. Oh, and gets the bank statement locked in. <coughs> Is this the end for Bailey? Well, Bailey nowhere to go. Middle of the ring. And she's struggling. And the fans are hot for this as they are anything in the entire card. Well, that's brilliant by Banks, isn't it? Stomping the arm of Bailey, stopping her from getting the. Oh, but Banks pushes her foot against the bottom rope, reverses it, but Lita gets in the crossface. Yeah, Bailey's got it in. Uh, ba- Lita? <laughs> got Lita on the brain. Yeah, Bailey gets the crossface in. Oh, this could be it, Banks. Serious trouble. Bend in the face, but look how far back. Oh. Banks managing to get a foot out to the bottom rope and get some separation between them. And which way will this go for Bailey and Banks? Fans on their feet applauding the action. Both women are truly spent, and you can see Bailey there supporting the armband from the late, great Dusty Rhodes. Banks might be playing possum a little bit there. Hello, possums. With a boot to Bailey, but Bailey responds. Oh, lifts her up to her feet. Bailey to Bailey. <laughs> one, one, two. Oh, oh, but Banks with the kick out. Uh, and no one can believe it. Listen to the crowd. Big match feel here. Well, the Bailey to Bailey didn't work. What's going to put Banks away? And a huge This Is Awesome chant coming up from the crowd. And now Bailey picking Banks up. Finish her off. Second Bailey to Bailey. Oh, no. Is she going to try and go up and get a Bailey to Bailey off the second or top rope? She's got a place on the top turnbuckle there in a very precarious position. But Banks is managing to fight out. Oh, my. Bailey grips tighter, though. Banks fights harder. Oh, how strong Banks is. But Bailey responded with a forearm. Oh, she jumps up, forearm straight to the face of Banks, rocking her. Oh, could this be it? Could this be the. What is Bailey going to go for? Oh, my God. <laughs> Banks hold on to the top there. I think she did. Oh, Bailey went for the drop kick. Got caught in the face, but Banks held on. And now Sasha Banks, second rope. 
Gonna put Bailey away. Oh! Drops the knees onto her. Oh! oh. But Bailey with the kick out. Oh! What a very precarious position these women are in. <laughs> Banks can't believe it. How can a boss put Bailey away? And that takes perfect timing to get right. <laughs> and the scream from Banks not being able to get the job done. But the longer Banks takes, the quicker Bailey can... Rec- well, the longer Bailey has to recover. Picking up Bailey's lifeless body. Now she's looking to place Bailey on the top. Bailey's managing to fight out, though. Well, he strikes straight on the mark. With her elbow back of Banks' head. Now Bailey going to the outside. <laughs> brutal elbow shots to the head of Banks. Both women again up up top in a very precarious position. Oh! <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Bailey flips Banks over. Thunderous Bailey, Bailey to Bailey. Bailey. Two, Two, three. <laughs> and that's the Bailey we need to see yes. in WWE. Yes, it is. What a response by the crowd. And what a finish here to one of the greatest women... Matches of all time. This is why it's on our the WNR watch list. Unbelievable. Bailey gets the win. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was a bloody brilliant match, and I'm glad we stopped talking about these wrestlers to <laughs> to watch this because I'm glad I've seen it again. <laughs> I know it's the second time we've watched this, but it, well, it's not a second second time we've watched it on the podcast. I mean, I must have watched this match about ten times, so. But I absolutely love it. And Bailey there finally being the respect they deserve. And it just, it told a great story throughout the whole match as well. But, you know, Banks thinking that she had Bailey's number. The never say die attitude of Bailey. Yeah. It's exactly these two characters is what we need to see from these two women here in the WWE, and especially in 2018 as we go forward. Most definitely, yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah. But what a terrific match and definitely you want to watch if you haven't already seen it. Yeah. Uh, a lot we say with these matches, I don't know why I put the paper there. But anyway, the matches tell a story, you know, throughout women's wrestling and how it was first off in the 1980s with Moon and Wendy Richter, through to the 90s with the reinvention with Alunda Blaze, then with Ivory and of course Moon of a Turn in 99, and then Trish and Lita, which of course changed it all in the early 2000s. And then through to what we saw Natalia calls Beth Phoenix, Paige AJ, and then into this now, which is Banks and Bailey, you know? Most definitely, yeah. I mean, we could have included the WrestleMania triple threat, that women's match, but I think this one does it justice. Yes. All right, Dan, number four. So, number four it is Lita. Exhilarating one moment, sinister the next. Lita was a diva who always kept the WWE universe on their toes. Whether she was flying high with the Hardy Boys or shocking sensors alongside Edge, the four-time women's champion knew how to elicit a reaction around the world. Lita made her WWE debut in 2000 alongside Esa Rios and quickly led him to the light heavyweight championship that February. Though the pair was split a few months later, Lita then hooked up with the Hardy Boys to form Team Extreme, beginning a part of beginning a partnership that would last nearly five years. And soon after the Agile Diva won her first of four women's championships from Stephanie McMahon in August 2000, after losing the title, Lita competed from time to time, but mostly let the Hardys handle in-ring duties 
and a romantic relationship with Matt Hardy became public knowledge. Lita's long and heated rivalry with Trish Stratus began soon after Trish's debut, and the first and the two first lock horns while Trish managed to test an Albert against Lita's Hardy Boys. The two divas put aside their differences in July 2001 to represent WWE at Invasion, but were mostly at odds throughout their WWE careers. Kane's obsession with Lita occupied much of 2004, and Matt Hardy proposed after Lisa after Lita announced her pregnancy. The pair reconciled as the big red monster continued to stalk Lita, but the knowledge she was carrying Kane's baby strained her relationship with Hardy once again. The duo of Kane and Lita became popular among the WWE Universe, but she betrayed him in 2005 in a tryst with Edge. The rated R couple enjoyed VIP treatment wherever they went before their party ended due to Matt Hardy's WWE return. After it had been revealed that Lita's long-term relationship with Matt ended due to, a, due to her affair with Edge, the two superstars battled throughout the summer of 2005, with Lita often interfering on behalf of the ultimate opportunist. While in her fourth reign as women's champion, while in her fourth reign as women's champion, Lita decided to end her career in the fall of 2006 and was determined to retire with the, ti- with the title. Much like her rival Trish Stratus, it was not to be, though, as Mickey James defeated her at Survivor Series and Crime Time added insult to injury by giving away her personal items to the crowd. It was a bitter end for the diva, but she will not be forgotten. Despite her controversial nature during her last active years, WWE fans will always embrace Lita when she makes a rare appearance, especially the night before WrestleMania 30 when she took her rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, we see a lot of Lita now, or we did do, because she uh, provided, of course, commentary on the Mae Young Classic alongside JR, and we've seen her on the kickoff panels as well in recent times. But what are your thoughts on Lita? Why did she make it number four on the list? Because she used to have her thong outside her trousers. No, um, she was a brilliant in-ring performer. She always put it on the line. I think she was at her best when she was with the Hardys um, as part of Team Extreme. And yeah, I think she was a brilliant in-ring performer, and certainly uh, she got induction as she rightfully deserved. Yeah, I mean, she might have been a, a a bit, you know, it might have been out of order when Matt Hardy, of course, did what she'd done with his best friend Edge. I mean, at the time, it was one of the it was the biggest story going, you know, and it kind of ruined that. Kind of you talk about the Kane thing involved, and then Edge as well. It kind of you know convoluted that because doing for Matt Hardy during that time, oh, Ole, yeah. during that time. Uh, but Lee, no, I think she was a, uh, I think she was a good worker. I don't think she was a great worker. Uh, I think there are better wrestlers on this list. I think the reason with Lita, though, at that time there wasn't that many, was there? And of course, the uh, rivalry she had with Trish Stratus, I think, brought that out in there. But I think Lita was a little bit injury prone as well because of the high risk moves that she did do. But she was exciting, and of course, I think even though a lot of controversy. Uh, she was a woman because in the end, like I say, crime time, they sold like a dildo and her underwear and stuff like this to the crowd. So she was embarrassed, you know, don't get me wrong. But it's it's nice to come back and I think, she, yeah, she does deserve to be full from the list. Anything else about Lita? So, James, who have we got at number three? Well, we are just starting our top three and at might some people might find it surprising, but at number three it is the fabulous Moolah. Five foot six from Columbia, South Carolina, 
signature move, the backbreaker. She is the longest reigning women's champion in sports entertainment history and 1995 WWE Hall of Famer. And a bit like Mae Young's bio, I think this will be a big one, Dan. While the name Lillian Ellison may not be well known to sports entertainment fans, her alter ego is one that will never be forgotten, the fabulous Moolah. In the world of women's wrestling, there will always be one irrefutable legend that stands head and shoulders above the rest. And her name is Moolah. She was the longest reigning champion in the history of her chosen sport, or any sport for that matter. And she established a legacy that made her name synonymous with women's wrestling in a career that spanned over 50 years. Born Lillian Ellison in South Carolina in 1923, Moolah became a fan of sports entertainment following the passing of her mother. Her father would take her to shows as a young girl in hopes of cheering up his distraught daughter. And little did he know the impact it would have. Moolah was trained for the ring in the 1940s by then women's champion Mildred Burke, the sport's biggest female star at the time. But her career actually began began outside the ring, where she served as one of wrestling's first female valets. Dubbed Slave Girl Moolah by promoter Jack Pfeiffer, she was an alluring presence at ringside for competitors such as the gruesome Elephant Boy and the United States champion Nature Boy Buddy Buddy Rogers. Wrong one. Ellis's in-ring career began hitting a stride by the mid-1950s when she began calling herself the Fabulous Moolah. In 1956, she outlasted 12 other ladies, last eliminating Judy Grable, to win a battle royal for the vacant women's championship of the world. She began to hold the title for the next 28 years, a feat unprecedented in the annals of human achievement. 28 years as champion. Can anybody say they have been champion for 28 years? Oscar probably could have been. I mean, my God, that would be 1980 they win and then lose the title now. That is like time travelling. 28 years. Well, during the time, she became the first woman to ever wrestle in Madison Square Garden as she and WWE promoter Vincent J. McMahon successfully beat the ban against women wrestling at the Garden. So women's wrestling was banned back then to be held in New York. In July 1984, her 28-year reign, her 28-year reign, finally ended in Madison Square Garden by Wendy Richter, a young competitor managed by pop star Cindy Lauper. The bout aired live on MTV, giving a new generation of sport entertainment fans a glimpse of the greatest ladies competitor in the game's history. Following the loss, Moolah began phasing out her ring-ring exploits, choosing instead to manage protégé Liana Kai, one of the many future superstars she had trained as champion. With Moolah's guidance, Kai beat Richter for the women's title, setting up a match between the two at the first WrestleMania in 1985. Richter would regain the gold and it would be Moolah herself under the mask as Spider Lady who would finally take back the championship for Wendy not long after. And we spoke about that with Wendy Richter. During her final reign as champion, Moolah also took on another role. She became queen of WWE, off-humping Harley Race and manager Bobby Heenan to ringside. Finally, in July 1987, Moolah lost the gold to sensational Sherry Martell. And after captaining a team that defeated Martells in the inaugural Survive Series later that year, Moolah effectively retired from in-ring competition. As 1987 came to a close, it seemed that the queen of women's wrestling had finally come to the end of her run. In 1995, her career was punctured when she became the first female inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Inducted by then-women's champion Alanda Blaze, 
Muller was recognised as a true pioneer and biggest legend in the history of women's wrestling. After a 40-year career and induction into the WWE Hall of Fame, well, imagine to the spies of fans everywhere in 1999 when Moolah, by that time in her 70s, returned to WWE television with longtime friend, with longtime friend and fellow competitor May Hung by her side. That October, the unthinkable happened. Moolah defeated reigning women's champion Ivory to win the title for the fourth time and become the oldest title holder in the history of the sport. Now, do you ever think we're going to have anybody beat that record in their 70s become champion? Um, Ric Flair 17 titles? <laughs> Are we ever going to get a 70-year-old champion again? Well, I think the problem is nowadays, they die before they get to the 70s. <laughs> oh. She didn't hold the title for long, though. But it was a testament to her amazing tenacity and ability that she was able to make a miraculous comeback in the first place. Over the next few years, Moolah, at her side, would make a variety of appearances in WWE. Uh, uh, in 2003, Moolah celebrated her 80th birthday by facing Victoria on Raw. That night, she defeated Victoria to become the first octanarian to compete in the WWE ring. The first 80-year-old to compete, Moolah, and she beat Victoria. Her final appearance came at Sunset 2007, where Moolah and May were spotted with Mr. McMahon in his office during the show. Less than three months later, on November 2nd, 2007... Moolah passed away at the age of 84. Can I say, I also remember WrestleMania 20. It was Moolah and Mae Young with... Who was it in there? Mean Gene and... Was it Bobby Heenan? Because someone heard spooky noises and they thought it was The Undertaker. Went to investigate and it was Moolah and Mae Young with, yeah, Mean Gene and Bobby. Anyway, the name of the fabulous Moolah will forever be etched. The name of the fabulous Moolah will forever be etched in the annals of sports as his defining one in women's wrestling. Her name will always be synonymous with success as she was a true trailblazer who set the path for female superstars of today to show the world what they can do. And Fabulous Moolah, we bow down to you. What are your thoughts on Fabulous Moolah, Dan? I thought she was brilliant. Certainly a trailblazer. I think she's set records that are most likely never going to be broken, which, you know, it's a good thing because I think currently WWE all about breaking old records. And I think there's some records that shouldn't and probably would never, ever be able to be broken. Yeah, and I think she's definitely got a couple of them. And talking about a couple, we have just got a couple left of the WNR25. Two more women to talk about. But we're going to change it up a little bit. And we're going to watch number two in action now. This is Monday Night Raw. So we are, it is the 19th of August, 1999. We are slap bang in the Attitude Era. It is Raw 3-2-4. And we are going to see a number one contendership for the WWE title. The winner goes to SummerSlam. Who will it be? Will it be The Undertaker? Will it be Triple H? Or will it be number two on this list? My God, it's Jesse the Body Ventura coming out. <laughs> looking at his fucking video and then looking at him it's like two completely different people well the governor of Minnesota at the time of course is going to be special referee at SummerSlam during this time we should say you know the Rock and Triple H were having their feud Untaker and Austin were feuding over the WF title <clears throat> at Fully Loaded Austin beat the Untaker in the first blood match and a weird stipulation if it was a man left the WF at the time he would return in September <laughs> But at that point in time, that was the end of Mr. McMahon 
and Austin would be the ref champion. Triple H would have beaten in the Rock early on in the night in a strap uh, leather strap match become number one contender but Shawn Michaels the commissioner was not happy by it and on Raw earlier he had said to Triple H do you want to have your opportunity you earn it here tonight against the Undertaker and against a very special opponent and here she comes the ninth wonder of the world number two on our list I know people are going to be surprised but it is China don't treat her like a woman. No, don't treat her like a man. Don't treat her like you know her. No, just treat her for who she am. <laughs> who and what she am. She what I am. Who oh, she what she don't am. dream of like China should Laser be number pen. one on the list. Should be number one. I'm not going to argue with you about it, but... My God, who else wrestles the Undertaker Triple H? The ninth wonder of the world. Oh, my, my God. Short shorts. My words. Well, I used to think Sean was crazy, but now I can see he's nuts. He is smuggling bananas here tonight. <laughs> he Sean Picard. My word, those are tight tights. So, yeah, he's going to be special referee to make sure nothing happens. <laughs> Sean's at the moment out of his mind and all sorts of drugs, but still got... As he stealth bums China and tries to apologise. China's not having any of it. She wants to be taken seriously. You can see she already had the surgery to kind of sort short sort her jaw out and I think she did become more attractive over time of course I cannot watch any China videos now because obviously it's too soon <coughs> and we're not talking about the wrestling videos no I'm not talking about other wrestling videos the other 48 she did 48 yeah, 48 oh my battered <laughs> ring piece I know I know Triple H coming out here of course Triple H has been helped by China for the past two years since her debut in the WWF you know, by Triple H's side. The problem is, because China was such a great competitor, there's not a lot of her with great women's matches. You know, her against a woman. You could, uh, maybe Ivory at WrestleMania 17, but that was a squash match, wasn't it, you know? Uh, there wasn't that many other matches. China did mix it up with the men. Of course, the first woman in 99 to enter the Royal Rumble. First woman to enter the King of the Ring. First woman to enter the Royal Rumble. The first woman in the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, four legends. Oh! And China gets pie-faced out of the standoff, and it's just Undertaker and Triple H going, mano e mano. The Undertaker just picks up Triple H, throws him into the corner, and China's just sat there. No, China's not going to have it anymore. Uh-oh. She gets grabbed around the folk by the Undertaker. Uh-oh. Go on, China, fight it. Oh! She manages to break the Undertaker's grip, goes up onto the second rope. <laughs> oh, but gets met with a big right hand, knocks her straight to the outside. And now Triple H from behind on the Undertaker. Michael's making sure China's all right. Big boot by the Undertaker on Triple H. Eliminates Triple H from the Royal Rumble. This is how he started. Trying to get in Undertaker's face. <laughs> gets pie face and she sat down for about two, three minutes. Uh, strategy, but she didn't get caught with a pie face there. It was a big right hand. You said that correctly as well. Yeah, I've been learning. What is it? You know he says And the Undertaker bringing Triple H back to ring in a hard way. Via the steel steps. And Undertaker picking Triple H up. This is basically turned into a singles match at the moment. But don't write off. China. Triple H managing the backside and Undertaker throws him shoulder, per- shoulder first into the ring post. And then drops that thunderous knee. Oh, it's a Fool's Count Anywhere match. Yeah, I should have said, sorry. Fool's Count Anywhere. <laughs> thanks I didn't yeah, know. I know yeah yeah I should have said sorry any of it goes here we need to find a new number one contender I know anything goes because it's a triple threat match 
but he's just caught Triple H with a choke slam. Oh! Lifted the game up by the throat, but China comes in and delivers a low blow. Well, I think the elbow will work now for China. That'll be all right. And that's what you get, Undertaker, when you try and mess with the ninth wonder of the world. And what's she going to do now? Just beating down. We're stomping a mud hole in the Undertaker and walking it dry. Come on, China. I want to see you become number one contender. Well, Jesse Ventura on commentary. You see, again, though, you know, up until this year, <laughs> aside from China and her demise, Triple H and The Undertaker were wrestling up to this year. Exactly. Well, China's just knocked Triple H down with a forearm, hit him with a low blow. Oh, but now Undertaker's hit China around the throat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Choke slam. Oh. oh. That was a bit of a weak choke slam. That was nice. He made sure she was all right. And Undertaker plants China and Triple H. Ooh. Oh, sure. My, uh, Triple H, though, comes in with a knee. And Michael's just leave her alone. Are they both touching her tits? I think Triple H was then as well. Oh, he wants to go for the pin. One, two. Oh. oh. But Undertaker breaks up the count. And now this is a slugfest between Triple H and Undertaker. My God. And China, ha- China has knocked down Triple H and the Undertaker in this match. Both with low blows, my yeah. lad. <laughs> well, if it's effective. These guys are only punching at the moment. Nice back elbow by the Undertaker. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Triple H with the kick out. Ah. Look at Undertaker. Just taking Triple H in a corner. China there. Just getting a breath back. Oh. Backstage though. Austin's shoved someone off a chair. And he's grabbed it. Looks like he's making his way to ringside. Oh. Triple H gets knocked into China. China falls off. Oh, and Triple H gets eliminated from the Rumble for a second time. Well, Steve Austin was injured early on in the night when someone threw a... A concrete slab at him. We don't know who it was. The Undertaker checking on Shawn Michaels. Everybody must know that Austin is there. They're like, Austin, this match is boring. Yeah. They're livening up a bit. And Michael saying, no, you can't. Oh! Michaels ducks the chair shot. And he said... Austin hits Triple H. Rolls China onto him. One, two, three. Yeah! And China has won the match. <laughs> China... Has won the match in his new number one contender for the WWE Championship. So at SummerSlam, it's going to be Austin versus China. <laughs> uh, Austin made an impact. Well, he's, I thought he had hair then, but he's actually been busted open on the head from earlier, obviously. And Undertaker is seething, but China has won the match. Dan, what did you think of that match? Uh. <laughs> If anything summed up the attitude era, it's that match. Yes. Um, match quality, it was absolutely terrible. But for entertainment, it was it was great. You know, it was certainly entertaining and it certainly delivered on the level. <coughs> exactly. Women getting beaten up. Steve Austin with chairs. The only thing it needed was Rock to come out and put someone through a table. That's <laughs> that is exactly, yeah. I lied to you earlier about the number of films she was in, Dan. Right, so she made her porn debut in 2004 with One Night in China, of course, with One, Two, Three Kids, Sean Walkman. She was then, in 2009, Another Night in China. 2011, Backdoor to China, which was one of my personal favourites at that time. 2012, China is Queen of the Ring. Kind of sums itself up. Loads of anal. 2012, Avengers Triple X, a porn parody. She played She-Hulk. And then that was a very successful film, so it spin off in 2013. It was She-Hulk, the porn parody starring China. 
She won in 2006 the AVN, the Adult Fucking Adult Awards, Best Selling Title of the Year, One Night in China, and Best Celebrity Sex Tape, Backdoor to China. China, five foot ten, Greta Press Slam or Powerbomb or Pedigree used to be her signature moves. And this is the list of accomplishments. You ready? Intercontinental Champion. Women's Champion. First woman to qualify for the Kingdom Tournament. First woman to qualify for the Royal Rumble match. So she was definitely a trendsetter during the tough time of the attitude. But of all the wonders of the world, perhaps none shone brighter as China. The ninth wonder of the world for Amazon Power. The late WWE Champion, late Women's Champion, Blazer Trout, unlike any woman in WWE history. Even by the anti-establishment standards of the Attitude Era, China appended the status quo from day one. Whereas some female competitors of the time may have seen her as more flash than substance, China came to the WWE to fight, serving as the intimidating bodyguard to both Triple H and Shawn Michaels as an original member of Generation X. She continued in the capacity of enforcer when the legendary group's ranks swelled, but but individual success was quickly to follow. Success, however, is probably too soft a word to describe China's accomplishments or impact. Bubbly treading into territories previously reserved for the Y chromosome contingent of the WWE locker room, China broke as many gender barriers as she did bodies. She was the first woman to qualify for the King of the Ring tournament and the Royal Rumble match, accomplishing both 99 and 2000. She was also the first woman to hold the Intercontinental Championship, which she achieved on two separate occasions. Ironically, it wasn't until the tail end of her WWE career that China targeted the Women's Championship. Like all of her goals, she achieved in dominant fashion, dismantling Ivory at WrestleMania 17 to seize the title, which she held until her departure from the WWE nine months later. Of course, uh, there was an argument happening backstage. China said she was as big a star as The Rock and Steve Austin deserved to be paid as much. And don't get me wrong, China was a really big star. You know, she appeared in stuff like... um, Third Rock from the Sun, another crossover, uh, you know, TV programs. But I don't obviously she wasn't on the Rock and Austin's level, but she thought she should be paid as much, and this is why the kind of disagreement came. And while China's time in WWE was somewhat brief, the milestone she accumulated would echo longer from the square circle, and her influence on sports entertainment never faded. Not only did con- uh, contemporaries like Lita and Trish Stratus continue the trailblazing work she began. But China also paved the way for future women's division powerhouses like Beth Phoenix and Nia Jax. During her tenure in WWE, China spoke on several occasions of her desire to be Queen of the Ring. Truthfully, she claimed that right, if not the crown itself, from day one. Anyone who tried to deny her that right inside the square circle has long since been proven wrong. Uh, and like we say, and you know, China just completely dominated. Anything she tried to say, you know, was was a winner as well. First member, you know, one of the original members of D Generation X, which is one of the greatest groups of all time. Two time Intercontinental Champion. No, to win it once, maybe a fluke, you know, you think, oh, okay. To win it twice, the way she did. Wasn't one time she was co Intercontinental Champion with Jericho. Exactly, co Intercontinental Champion with Jericho, uh, along with that. So, you know, all these times, and, and that was banging the attitude towards women with Brian Panty's matches. China was treated. Differently, we've even seen the triple threat match. Even though Yantaker was, you know, disrespectful, you know, China still had made a mark in that match. And like we say, she was with Triple H from 1996 to 2000. I mean, there's also a lot of rumours of like 
the relationship between her and Triple H was a bit strained and Stephanie involved in that relationship didn't really work out for her and of course unfortunately died April 20th 2016 so over a year now uh, only 46 years old and like Sharon Martell died at 47 it's just too soon for these great performers uh, and it's pretty depressing because if you look at it yeah if we look at well we had Sherry we've had May Uncles Moolah who probably had good innings uh, and now China with this but yes that is number two anything else or anything you want to say about China Dan no you know she was certainly a great in-ring performer um, <clears throat> she was one of the more uh, well-known figures especially female figures I was watching as you know as I was growing up watching wrestling um, you know, she certainly stood out amongst the others, you know, not just for her size and capabilities, but, you know, she was wrestling men. She didn't have anything holding her back. As you say, she qualified for King of the Ring. Yeah. She qualified for the Royal Rumble, was even in it twice. And, uh, yeah, you know, she was just impressing and she was breaking barriers all throughout her career, which, yeah. you know, I think I think it's great and... Again, as you were saying, you know, when it was a time when there was divas, it was bra and panties. It was, you know, they was just more show pieces. Uh, and China, you know, still managed to regain her composure and get a lot of respect from uh, competitors backstage. Yeah, uh, exactly. And like I say, her impact never be forgotten. In the women's revolution that would come years later, you know, China started it off because she wanted to be an equal. Uh, and you know the similarities between like uh, yeah, well, like, super you know superheroes like Wonder Woman or something like this be alongside Superman and Flash and not be at home waiting for them to come back, you know. Uh, and, and I think China did that, and I don't think there's any woman on the list, you know, who could literally hang with the biggest superstars of the day. You know, Oscar. you know, we've seen Austin involved in that. We saw Triple H, saw the Undertaker. There is no bigger, you know. Right, so before we get on to number one, Dan, number one on the list, we'll just run through the top 25. Okay, so at number 25, we had Sable. Number 24 was Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. 23 was Wendy Richter. 22 were the Bella Twins, Bree and Nikki. And number 21, Mickey James. Number 20 was Victoria. Number 19 was Luna Vachon. Number 18 was AJ Lee. Number 17 was Becky Lynch. Number 16, Jacqueline. Number 15, Bailey. Number 14, Molly Holly. Number 13, Sasha Banks. Number 12, the beautiful Alexa Bliss. Number 11, the Glamazon Beth Phoenix. So we move on to the top 10 and it was Charlotte Flair. Oh, you didn't woo. In number 10, it was Charlotte. Woo! Flair. Number 9, Ivory. At eight was Sensational Sherry. Number seven was the Unstoppable Oscar. Number six, the Trailblazer, Alondra Blaze. <laughs> Number five was Mae Young. Who wants to see my puppies? Uh, number four was the Fong Wearing. No, no. Number four was Lita. At three, the Fabulous Moolah. Number two, the Ninth Wonder of the World, China. And at number one, well, Dan, you have the proud privilege of telling everybody here. What number one is after this ad break. Coming up on the WNR podcast. Well, of course, this is episode 125. We're looking at our top 25 women. But up soon, we've got uh, our next episode, which is the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. We have hopefully an end to the feud. The Tag Team Championships, Hell in a Cell match. New Day going against the Usos. 
<laughs> so, we have yeah. WWE Women's Championship on the line. We've got Natalia going against Charlotte Flair. Woo! We have US Championship gold on the line. AJ Styles going against Baron Corbin. I'm sure that will be phenomenal. We also have the Hell in a Cell main event. Kevin Owens going against Shane McDan. Yeah, <laughs> so that is going to be a huge match. Dan, any predictions you want to tell me right now? Um, I think you should wait until the pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm going to give you one, actually. I'm right. going to give you one. And that is for the kickoff match. And I think Get off the train. Zack Ryder Get off the train. and Mojo are going to win. No, like, well, fuck you. They're going to dominate the match and they're going to beat their weaker competitors. Well, that's the next one. Uh, we've we've got coming up, like we say, not only that, WNR127 afterwards, which is the WWE Network Roundup where we watch 2i5 Live and NXT Update. What have the Undisputed Era been up to on the next edition of the WNR Network Roundup? And what about Enzo and 2i5 Live as well? We ask ourselves, how is the new Cruiserweight Champion for the show? Uh, what else have we got coming up? In, uh, uh, we've got episode 128, which is a TLC pay-per-view, or, as you would like to better know it, the debut of the arse-kicking number seven on our list, Oscar, yeah. and possibly, they're teasing, the reuniting of the Shield. Ooh. Ooh. That's well, going to be an interesting one. We'll see if we can believe that or not. And last year, we did the um, scariest matches, a bit like we did Most Ridiculous this year. But we're going to be a little bit different because it is 20 years since Halloween Havoc 1997 and the legendary classic match, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Cruiserweight title. Not only that, Piper versus Hogan and, of course, Sting being in the rafters as well. What will happen when the NWO dominate? We'll find out at the end of, no, uh, the end of October and then into November. And then into November, we've got episode 130, which is Controversial Characters Part 2, the much-anticipated yes. follow-up to our first controversial characters episode which was episode 16 so <laughs> people have been waiting so it, very long it time. has yes <laughs> only 114 episodes <laughs> yeah. but it is on its way we've yeah. we, you know we've put a lot of thought into it we're still fine-tuning a few points but hopefully it's going to be as controversial as the one before it yeah. if not more uh episode 131 we've got survivor series 1997 again 20 years down the road from that, and we're going to see what's happened to all the wrestlers that perform there. Well, you talk about controversial, you know, about the controversial characters the week before, and then going into the Montreal screw job where we discussed that, like you say, 20 years on. I mean, we'll find out. I reckon we're going to be on different sides, and we're going to have to fight the corner of either man and see who comes out on top for that one. I think it's only fair. And then uh, again into November, we've got episode 132, which is the next. A uh, lot of roundup, which is the 205 Live and the NXT catch up there. Yeah, and then on the way to Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver at the end of November, of course, we're going to have the live shows uh, the weekend. I think the 18th and 19th of November will be coming live again. So there's so much to come. And of course, into December, if we want to get that far ahead, we've got the year end awards, haven't we? And the end of the prediction leagues and everything like this, and the year end roundups and the greatest matches. And, and it's all good stuff. But let's get back to the WNR. One, two, five. The top 25 women of all time. We've listed the top 24. We've got one left. Who is number one, Dan? Who? 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 Who is number one? It is none other than... You'll find out after this break. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm joking. I'm joking. We've had enough stalling, enough breaks. It is 
Trish Stratus. Is that it? That I thought I was expecting. It is Trish Stratus. Hey! Woo! Thank you. Trish! Why Trish Stratus? Dad, tell me a little bit about her. Um, well, she stands at five foot five inches. She is from Toronto in Canada, eh? Uh, her signature move is the Stratus Faction and the Chick Kick. Her career highlights include Women's Champion, Hardcore Champion, 2013 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Trish Stratus might be the greatest diva ever to set foot inside a WWE ring. Well, we certainly think so. Yes. Uh, gorgeous, powerful and talented. The Canadian beauty was easy on the eyes but tough on opponents. This rare mix of good looks and skill helped Trish record seven women's championships during her run with WWE. Stratus's reputation as one of the greatest females in sports entertainment history did not come easily though. First achieving success as a fitness model, she entered WWE in March 2000 as a manager, leading the careers of Test, Albert and Val Venus. Immediately, the WWE Universe could tell she was someone looking, but Trish was dismissed as just that eye candy. She proved she was more than just a pretty face when she started competing in 2001. In November of that year, Trish captured her first women's championship when she won a six-pack challenge match at Survivor Series. The gorgeous diva won that title seven times over the next five years, defeating top competitors like Lita, Molly Holly, and Victoria in the process. Well, in the years that followed, her in the years that followed, the beloved beauty regularly returned to WWE, including tagging with Jersey Shore troublemaker Nicole Snooki Polizzi at WrestleMania 28, appearing as a trainer in the 2011 relaunch of Tough Enough, and taking her rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame 2013. Well, Trish announced her retirement from the ring in 2006 and competed in the last match at Unforgiven in September, going against Lita for the Women's Championship for the final time. And we're going to watch that match now. Yeah, let's have a look at the promo. From Toronto, Canada, Trish Stratus. I really believe in destiny and things happen for a reason. She did it! Trish Stratus has become the women's champion! I want to make sure that every time I go out there, I make an impact. A record-setting six-time, Trish is the women's champion. I want my time to be memorable to me and to everyone around me. 50,000 Greatest women's champion in WWE history. It's time for a little stratisfaction. Please welcome WWE Raw Diva and Babe of the Year, Trish Stratus. How many times have we loved to see Trish Stratus walk down that aisle and compete here in the WWE ring? I can always go out there and entertain the fans. If I'm doing that, I'm happy. When were you planning on telling Khalifa? Telling you what? It says on WWE.com that Lita says you're retiring after Unforgiven. Apparently Lita must have overheard Trish making that statement and Lita went right to the people at WWE.com and there it is on the front page. This has been a decision that I means one of the biggest decisions I've had to make in my life and 
I don't want people finding out like this, you know, like I was going to make an announcement and tell people and I don't know why I'm so surprised. That is something that Leah would do. She would take my personal business and, you know what, she's just a nosy bitch. There is a huge rivalry between these two tremendous athletes. I was going to call you out because I was going to challenge you. One last time, one last match, Trish and Lita for the Women's Championship. I can think of no better way to end your career than beat you. Just bring it, bitch. Thank you for coming on this amazing, awesome ride. It's hard to believe that the end of a magnificent seven-year run is about to happen. I think if it's any time to go out, it's at the top of your career. That's how legends are born, because they go out on top and you remember them for those moments. So the Trish and Lita feud, one of those things that kind of carried the attitude era, didn't it? We talked about in 2000 from then onwards. You know, this is in... 2006! <laughs> so from... 2000 when she debuted with Lita all the way through to 2006 and this is Trish Stratton's last match. Well for someone who was crawling around on her knees on a leash for Vince McMahon and was able to regain some of her dignity to compete for a record setting seven women's championships I mean you know it, it does take a lot to do and I would love to be a member of the Trish Stratus kiss my ass club. Well, I think the thing about Trish Stratus, if she, if Trish Stratus had debuted, the, the, the kind of Trish Stratus that, well, I don't know what time, you know, 2002 Trish, if she had debuted now in WWE, do you think she would have been as successful? <sighs> Not That's the Trish that went of 2000, because I think the Trish 2000 wouldn't be in WWE now because not oh, no, good enough wrestling. No. But 2002 onwards... I, I think, think she would have been... I don't think she would have been as successful as she was again. She was around in a time when women was mainly eye candy. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of good competition. But Lita... I said earlier, Lita wasn't the best worker. I thought Trish was a very good wrestler. You know, oh, yeah, uh, even even comparing her, because she had that character as well. You know, the heel turn with Christian against Chris Jericho at WrestleMania twenty. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I was just about- yeah, it's, it's one of those things you still remember to this day because of how quite shocking it was. And and I think the difference between her and China, if China had more success in the women's division, you know what I mean, like a, a couple of more reigns or to be known as that, and the quality of matches. I think Trish had quality matches. You know, look at a series with Victoria the hardcore match they had at Survivor Series. You look at the matches, Mickey James at WrestleMania, you know. What's, What's that, my love? love? All very interesting, different types of matches. And Lita, greatest rival. It was the kind of women's rock and Austin back in the day, wasn't it? You know? uh, most definitely, yeah. But um, again, you know, it was a time where I think these two women were the standout in their field, hence why they, they feature so highly in our list. You know, if there was... A few more other competitors with equal or as good standards as them, you know, they it, it could have been slightly different. But you know, especially as far as Lita's concerned with Trish, you know, I, I don't think there is any doubt in yet. She was mainly brought in as eye candy, a women's fitness yeah. model. You know, to have this much of an impact with the crowd as well. You know, when women's matches were just seen as filler matches, yeah. the reception she gets. Every time she comes out to the ring, you know, 
Yeah, this is in the hometown of Toronto, Canada as well. Trish coming out here. A final match, no matter what happens, can she leave seven times women champion? What is interesting about this list and what we'll have to see in the, the oncoming years, like we talked about with Oscar, there is a chance that Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Becky Lynch can all move up the list depending on how often they're used in the WWE now, can't they? And other people like Nia Jax, uh, and who are on the like, peripheral list, maybe will be into the top 25 as, as we go along. This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, if they have the longevity, if we look at Charlotte, if she has longevity of, um, she's already number 10, of Trish Stratus as well, and that's success. I mean, she's already a four-time women's champion. If she was to be eight-time champion and beat Trish's record, I'm sure Charlotte would, you know, say something. And, of course, Oscar, depending on her treatment, you know, if they go the same way undefeated the way she is, who could argue that? But at the moment, we have to say, you know, it's definitely Trish and Lita one and two, isn't it? You know, you could argue about what order you would put them in, but I think if you look at the whole thing, talk about women's wrestling, which is women versus women and the kind of competitors they're facing, I don't think Trish had a better, uh, you know, number of opponents. You know, talk about Victoria, talk about Lita, talk about anybody involved, uh, and the kind of quality as well. Let's see how this match goes, though, and in the early going, because both women know so well, know each other so well. Most definitely, you know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. When, when I was watching on DVD before the times of the network, these matches would get skipped. Nine times out of ten, they would get skipped, or I'd use them. For- so, do you think it's a better quality match nowadays than it was back then, or is it because you wasn't watching it? Maybe. I think the quality has improved. Because, you know, going back to the uh, Sasha Banks-Bailey match, I think that was awesome. And that was, you know, up there with a majority of the men's matches I'd seen from that year. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. But Trish there, just Lufez pressing herself off the apron. And the floor's all wet out there. I think that might be from Big Big Show's arse earlier. It was Hell in a Cell. (laughs) Oh, is that the... uh, Oh, my days. This is is a pay-per-view. We watched three matches and I forgot to record it and you both had a go at me about it. I remember remember that. That was when uh, Vince McMahon's face went into Big Show's arse. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. And then it's John Cena versus Edge in a TLC match. That was quite a good pay-per-view, you know, for given 2006. Yeah. Might even be Carlito versus Randy Orton with that RKO we saw. Oh, yeah. People were here so early, but... Uh, of course, Lita had now aligned herself with the rated R superstar. Yeah, you know, we've seen a live sex celebration that Lita had, but you know, don't get me wrong, she was a good performer, but as I said earlier, I don't think she was as good as Trish or, you know, some of the women on this list. I mean, you, you know, let us know what... Well, you know, we've said about what would Trish be like nowadays. What would Lita be, been like nowadays? Uh, I think it's interesting. To say. I mean, wouldn't it have been as different because Leet wasn't that elite high flying? Was a bit more special attraction than maybe what we see now. I think she'd be a good addition to the uh, women's division, but I think she might be treated a little bit differently because you know, look at the talent. I mean, Leet versus Banks or Bailey or Lynch or Charlotte. You know, you got to think. Oh, maybe you know. Overall, if you look at like you know rating points, if it's a WWE two K or something like this. Maybe they're going to be ranked a little bit higher than Lita. Maybe I'm not giving Lita the like I say she was uh, special, you know, very special in the Attitude Era, and she's made it onto number four on the list, you know. Oh, and Trish was getting worked on by Lita, but Lisa, Lita, uh, but Trish turned it around and she delivered a few thunderous kicks and then just put her foot into Lita's throat and was choking her out in the corner. 
With a beautiful chop to the chest to leave it. And Trish again to Lita. Oh. Slapping Lita across the chest. Huge chop to the chest. And like I said, licking it to give it some, uh, give sting. It some more action. Oh. oh, and a stinger splash there in the corner. And Trish is looking ready to rock and roll. Oh. Come on, we've behaved throughout this whole podcast. Runs into the back over from Lita. Lita's on top. Uh-oh. Oh, Trish has got her, but I think Lita's managing to reverse it. It's been pulled up. And Trish on show a little bit. Oh, there we go. Lita and Trish crash to the outside. Now Lita looking to go up top to try and take Trish Stratus out of it. But Stratus up as Lita was. And now both women are trading blows on the bottom rope, trying to make their way up to the top. Oh, both in a very precarious position. Lita falls down to the ring apron. Trish grabbing Lita's hair. Oh. oh, but Lita manages to toss Trish off the top. Well, look how strong Lita's hair was to be able to throw Trish across. And now she's going for a patented moonsault. Yeah, going to the top. Oh, Trish rolls out the way and Lita hits nothing but Matt. But she's got a couple of airbags to help her. She has, yeah. Oh, and Trish going for the pin. Oh, oh but Lita with a kick out. Oh. <laughs> well, let's not forget about Lee. If she did have, like I say, the, the pregnancy with, uh, with Gene Snitsky. Anyway, let's finish this. Trish now, stretch faction. Oh, oh, looking for a patented uh, springboard bulldog, but Lee depositing Trish to the wafer thin mats below. And James, we know how thin their mats are. Yeah, proper thin. And Lita can't fill the midsection. Checking on Trish. Look at her taunting. She's smirking, Dan. No, James, she's just got a grin on her face. She hasn't got a cigarette in her gob. Now, Lita's going to go for the easy pin. One, two. Oh! But Trish with a kick out. Oh. She ain't going down that easily in her last match. Uh, look at Lita now, just striking down on Trish. Referee saying, come on, give her some space. I do like Trish's trousers, though. Lita now working on Trish, having a way with her. Oh, strike to the midsection. Now Lita working over the back of Trish. Oh, now Lita suplex. Oh, Oh, a lovely snap suplex. Oh, go for the pin, but Trish kicks out. Oh. And now Lita. Oh, coming down with all the weight on the back. Lita saying, is that what you like? Is this how it's going to end for Trish? And Lita just pushing Trish's face into the canvas. Oh, but Trish firing back with huge strikes. Everything she's got in her body. Oh, she's certainly striping Lita. And now Lita's going to get Irish whip. No. Oh, she turned it into a side Russian leg sweep. And now it's going on top, not with a pin, but with a punches to the face. Oh, ramming Trish's face into that canvas. Right, face first into the mat. She went, but only a one count. One. And now Lita's going to put in the side headlock. Oh, can Trish fight out the submission? Yes. <sighs> she manages to fight back with big forearms. Oh, a oh. lovely... Uh, neck breaker it was um, beautiful and we know Lee has had problems with her neck before well it's definitely the amount of injuries that Lee has had very injury prone but of course like I said that's part of the style she wrestles different style in this match even though she, we have seen her go for the moonsault will she be able to put Trish down with Trish everything she's got in her body fighting back both women exchanging big right hands now Trish winning the war here or definitely winning the battle of punches Irish oh. ripping Lee but Lita follows up with a back elbow as Trish comes running in. Oh, and Trish now caught her up. Oh, oh head scissors takedown from the top of the turnbuckle. Going for the chick kick. <laughs> now Trish 
Calling on Lita. Lita is using the ropes to get back up. Pow! Oh. Right in the kisser. Uh, Trish go for the pin. Two. Oh, I thought she had it then. I thought she had a record-breaking seventh title run. But Lita was just too strong and managed to kick out. Uh, and now right to the eye by Lita. And now she's going to go for the finishing DDT on Trish. No, Trish turns it. Stratisfaction. Oh, oh no, backslide. Goes for the roll-up, but Lita holds on to the rope. Oh, referee saying you can't do that. Trish, rolling her up. No, oh. sharpshooter. A, a move as, can, as Canadian as Trish is herself. Oh, my God. The fans love it. In Bret Hart's home country. And Trish got her in. Rolls her over. It's just a matter of time now. I'm sure Lita can't hold on. Surely she can't. Don't call me Shirley. Can't get there. The fans say, come on, Lita, tap out. Oh, Trish. Amount of punishment she's taking. Drags her back. Oh. Oh. Lita taps out. Trish falls back. And I think she wrenches Lita's back (laughs) in the process. I really hope Trish Stratus. Winning the women's title for the seventh and final time. <laughs> oh! Her last match in WWE. Dan, what did you think of it? I thought it was a great match between the two. You know, this is, this is a match I've seen a fair few times. Trish certainly deserves it. She certainly deserves her place on the top of our mountain. That match there alone, it was a great performance. Both women for a great performance. And uh, she certainly has been missed in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, it was a great match. And for them to respect Trish, and we talked about how the way Lita left with Crime Time showing her under, Trish, this is Trish's last, you know, proper match in WWE and letting her win the title. Trish going out on top. Exactly. And how many times have they let anybody do that? Anybody do that? No, never. Uh, But they did to Trish. So that that is it. That is our top 25. Dan, what are your thoughts on the whole... 25 list you happy with it um you know there's a couple of changes i'd like to make but we had to accommodate it to suit both of us yes which you know i completely understand but yeah you know it's a list of 25 great competitors you know there's a few that they could have maybe made the cut maybe next time when we amend it when we update it to a women's list of nowadays you know it's going to be completely different but you know, I think, that, yeah, the list was was definitely well worked. Yeah, but you got to ask yourself if these women can have the longevity of others. You know, this is going to be one of those interesting things. See, the only thing that can uh, can show it is time. So at another time, we will come back about the moment. That's top 25 list. So you've just heard us do the top 25 list. Here's how we picked the top 25. But what we're going to do right now is something that we've done for the WNR50 and the tag teams as well, is try and decide the 25 women going forward, and then we'll bring you the list in order as well. So today it's not about the order, it's just about trying to pick 25 women in the history of wrestling, which is a lot harder than you may think. Um, I think what we should do, Dan, we have a definitely, we have a maybe pile, and we have a no pile. So if either of us would both say no, or we, you know what I mean, we'll work it out. But we need 25. 25. So what I think we should do first is that we've both made little lists, haven't we? Uh, yes. So we'll just run through. I'm gonna, we'll just run through one each and see if we agree first, all right? So I'm going to put a yes, no, and maybe pile. Yep. And then we need 25 women picked out. So 
And uh, like I say, we're probably going to be a lot of maybes and then come back and argue the point with them, okay? Yes. So my first one I want in there is Alandra Blaze. Medusa in the top 25. Yeah, so I'll give you that. Yeah, you want her in there? Yep. All right, so Defo, Blaze. Then again, this could all change by the end if we run out of numbers. All right, go down, go on. Paige. Put her in maybe. Paige goes maybe. I, I can't accept Paige yet with the amount of talent we've got there. All right, my next. Uh, this is a bit of a cheat. Fabulous Moolah. It's got to be there. Yeah. She's one of the original uh, divas. There's Moolah in there. Well, got? on that note, I'm going to cheat one, and I'm going to get a definite yes here. May Young, do you want to see my puppies? <laughs> Who wants to see my puppies? Yes, May Young makes a list. That's already free, you see. Free seems easy at the moment. Well. All right, I, I think I'm going to do my ones that I think are definitely getting in there. Sherry Martell, sensational Sherry. Are we doing women or are we doing wrestlers? Well, she is both. Yes, she, but she, she's, she's not really too much of an established wrestler. She's oh, more of a valet. I think if you look at the history of her, you know, from women's wrestling and what she had, you know, and what she became, the, the impact she had with, you know, uh, Harlem Heat managing them as well in WCW with Macho Man Randy Savage getting involved in his matches. I think, I'm yeah. the same AB for now. Oh, all right, Sherry, but I, I disagree with you. All right. <laughs> Your one. Trish Stratus. Yeah, yeah, Trish in there, yeah, Trish. Well, it's probably going to be maybe from you as well then. Miss Elizabeth. Again, not an established wrestler. If we do managers, then yes, definitely she'll make it on the list. Would uh, she? Managers? I think she was the first woman of wrestling as well, wasn't she? She Such a big impact. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back and fight. Go on, your one. Sable. Maybe. Maybe. I, I can't. I can't go forward because, uh, you know, in ring ability and such like. Okay, Lita. Yeah, I'll give Lita. Yeah, Lita goes in. Elite is in. All right, go on. I know it's going to be an upsetting one for you, but China. China's in. But weirdly enough on my list, she was like the 40th one. Yeah. Uh, whereas China was well away, yeah. Where was China? China was in between Randy Richter and Maurice, but we got... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I've got so many. It is crazy. All right, my one. Miss Kitty. We saw her titties right. at Armageddon for her bikini, uh, for a bubble wrap bikini. Yeah, she's made the list. Yeah, Miss Kitty's in. She might be out by the end of the night, but the moment she's, she's in for now. Yeah, she's in for now. The right. second ever woman to enter a Royal Rumble, eliminating none other than the great Carly Beth Phoenix. Oh, Beth Phoenix makes a list. Beth Phoenix is in. There we go. She's in. Get, of course, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. She goes off my list. All right. So we talk about Beth Phoenix. What about Natalia? Long enough time. She just made yeah. the ma- ma- what? Yeah. Yeah. I just put just put her in maybe. Well, put her in maybe. Oh, I put her in maybe. I, I mean, not saying that I don't want all these to you know they don't all have to make the list, but they're just names being thrown out there, aren't they? Because I want to be the first to have a no. Brie Bella. Brie Bella. Maybe Nikki as well. The Bellas. Because we look at their impact they had. Bellas make the maybe. That's fair. Uh, along that lines, what about Terry Reynolds? You remember Marlena <laughs> with Goldust? And the impact she had, of course, the TIT. The ladder match would never happen between Edge and Christian. No mercy 99 if Terry Reynolds wasn't managing at that point. I don't know. Again, she's oh. more of a valet. All right, she makes the maybe then. All right. Dan, you'll go. Mildred Burke. <laughs> nah. Um... <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> she was just an old cut to come up. What the fuck is Mildred Burke? Know. 
No, uh, Melina. <coughs> Melina goes maybe. I think there'll be more talented people than her on this list, even though she is on my list as well. Uh, Natalia, we said. What about a uh, bit of old school? What about Ivory? Always Ivory. liked. Always liked Ivory. <laughs> All right, Ivory, you are on the list at the moment. Um, got him. Tammy Lynn Sitch. Oh, sunny, sunny days are ahead. I think Sunny is a maybe. I think Sable would probably go ahead of her if we are going to do that. Do you know what I mean? So, Sunny, uh, along these lines, what about puppies? Puppies! Deborah. Deborah. Again, not really much of a in-ring No, she's competitor. awful. Unless it was Brahma and Panties match, and she actually did all right. Yeah. Beat Sable, of course. Wendy Richter. I have got her on my list because she's very important. Of course, beat Fabulous Moolah becomes women's champion after that many time. But she's got to make my maybe list at the moment because, to be honest with you, I don't know enough about her. I've not seen enough great matches, whereas the other ones here, I've seen more of them. And maybe I'm being a bit unfair. Maybe. But, hey, it's my list. I'll do what I want. Well, it's our list. I'm going to do a mic drop in a minute. But first off, what about <laughs> Vicky Guerrero? Excuse me! No, again, manager. No, she makes a maybe list. I am not discrediting her. Vicky, uh, we've had no no's yet, but we've got a lot of maybes. But I, I, I don't mind Vicky Guerrero. Even though she's part of the TNA, well, she's currently part of TNA, and she's retiring at the end of this year from TNA, and she's in the TNA Hall of Fame, but Gail Kim. She makes a maybe list because she did transcend things. She's the first woman uh, of age of descent to wrestle in WWE, apart from a few Big Bad Hill. I think it makes a bit of sense. Uh, what about, let's see who we've got, who we've got, who we've got, who we've got, Ivory's off the list, didn't she? So I did Ivory, what about Jackie? Yeah, Jackie! Jacqueline. Yeah, beat Disco Inferno, didn't she? Uh, for the Cruiserweight title, wrestled around. Yeah, I'll give Jackie. Jackie, I'll give Jackie one. Jackie's in there at the moment. Hang on a minute, can I stop you for a sec, before you go on? Just at the moment in time, 25 list, we have got 10 names in there so we've only got 15 left and i've still got a whole dot i should say technical term a whole shitload of names <laughs> jazz makes for maybe i've got jazz down i like jazz got jazz on my hands someone who i really liked in both ways even when they were a heel and even when they first come around really goofy i loved the relationship she had with crash holly molly holly <laughs> what about molly holly maybe for now possibly oh. going into the yes I'll put a yes. Go on, give her a yes. No. Yes. 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 I'll Go. put a maybe. <laughs> Mickey James. Mickey James, maybe. Just I, I don't know if she's done enough in WWE to justify her place in the uh, top 25. Someone like her. What about Victoria? I really like Victoria when she came around. Mm. <laughs> you don't sound. You don't sound sold. Victoria, Victoria, maybe then. AJ Lee. Oh, that's a good one. I, I completely forgot about her. She makes a maybe pile because she was great. But then again, it's been so long. Has she had the lasting impact? These are the tough questions we have to ask. Okay, what about a friend of AJ Lee, then? And someone who, I mean, to her credit, got the ability, even though she did come through the diva search. What about Caitlin? Remember Caitlin? No. I like Caitlin. <laughs> All right. Caitlin, then. Mate, I'm going to put a half on the maybe and half on the no. All right. Kate, no, Caitlin's a no then. First no. Caitlin. It was just, uh, you have to give credit to all the women that came around in all different uh, walks of life. 
We've got to go, go, go a bit new school now. I know some of them haven't had the, the everlasting impression, but someone the likes of Charlotte Flair. Because, uh... again, you know, her, her impressive pay-per-view run. I mean, you know, the new revolution of women. Yeah, but you can you can count uh, if we count the the four horsewomen at the moment. Do the four horsewomen make the list? Did Bailey, Banks, Charlotte, and Lynch make the list in your eyes? Bliss does. <laughs> does Bliss make the list? <laughs> she makes every list. Does she make the list? So with Bliss, I don't know. I got to put maybe. All right, so Bliss maybe, and then the four horsewomen are in or out. We, we, you Anything. know, we've we've got ten choices. They take up four spaces. So we'd only have 11 people left to choose. And I've still got over 20 on my list here without read out. But we could still argue some of them out of a yes list. So at the moment, Charlotte, Banks, Bailey and Lynch all go on to the top 25. Let me run through a couple, Dan, and you'll probably just get rid of them straight away, all right? So first off, we've got Dawn Marie. Remember her? EC- yeah, I remember her, but... ECW. Nothing impressive, no. And uh, kissed Tori Wilson at Armageddon one night. And she married Al, Al Wilson. She killed him. Yeah. She killed Al Wilson, Dan. But no. No? All right, don't worry. What about Francine? You used to come up with Shane in ECW. Uh, was was quite a good-looking girl as well. No. No? All right, so Francine, Dormory. Caitlin's got some company. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what about Ashley? You remember Ashley, didn't you? Pose for Playboy. Yes, but that doesn't get her into the list. That doesn't make the list. Oh, Ashley. I tried for you. I tried, Ashley. Bye-bye, Ashley. All right. What about uh, Maurice? Mrs. Wife. Look at the greatness she had. Was the longest reigning Divas champion, Dan. Was the longest reigning Divas champion before... If you can say with a straight face, she was a good wrestler. I think she was okay. What? Oh, wait, she makes. I'm gonna maybe, maybe her. I'm not knowing her. She's hanging on the fucking. Nose she, she's, no, she's she's alright. Maurice, she's gone. Okay, I'm gonna sound a bit same here, but what kind of? I don't remember her, but no. No, oh, what kind of? You did improve as a worker. Fair play to you. You did. Jackie Gader. No, no, uh, Jack. Right. Well, Charlie Haas's wife uh, had a couple of WrestleMania moments. Oh, talking of porn, Christy Hemi. Again, because she was in porn, doesn't make her... Uh... But she did improve, and she did have a good few matches. She had a WrestleMania match with Trish. Yeah. Mm. 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 No. Mm. no. Sorry, Hemi. Tried. Serena Deeb. Serena, no. What about Maria Kanellis? No. <laughs> Didn't that give you some... No- That's nice, though. What about Nicole Bass? No. No? Oh, what about Tori? Uh, she could make maybe list because she weren't too bad, had a... Hardcore match rivalry in a in a thong, which is good, and of course teamed up with, <coughs> teamed up with X Puck as well. What about Dan, Lillian Garcia? No, she's more of a ring announcer. All right, but fair play, Lillian. Oh, <laughs> not Lillian. Gillian Hall. Gillian from JBL. Yeah. No, she's not going on. That. So Gillian and Lillian don't make it. <laughs> Dan, what about one of your favourites, Kelly Kelly? Kelly Kelly. She was an exhibitionist. I don't like her. I don't think she should go on there. But if you want Kelly Kelly on there, Dan. We'll put her on the maybe. All right. So we had Tori earlier. What about Tori Wilson? Yes. Yes? And Stacey Keebler. Stacey Keebler's on there. Stacey's going. Stacey over Tori Wilson for me any day. I don't care. Tori Wilson over Stacey. No, no. all right. They both make the, the maybe list now then. You've done that. That's what you've done. Oh, I've only got a couple. I've only got. Uh, should I tell you how many names? 
Hang on, let me work this out. We've got 14 people on the list. At the moment, we've got 24 maybes. We've got 14 definitelys. Well, 14 yeses. 14 yeses, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to run through now, and this is going to be good. Naomi. She's got nice shoes. And also, WrestleMania moment she had. Let's not forget, not many women get a WrestleMania yeah. moment. She did. Maybe? Maybe. 25. So if our maybes were definitely, the list would be dumb, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> Luna. Right. Go on. You had one? Oscar. Oscar. Oh. Oscar makes a list. Oscar's on there. 15. Uh, okay. What about Luna Vachon? I really like Luna. Again, she was more on the side of being a badass. Than... Her and Sherry deserve to be on that wrestler. list. But I'll fight over it. I'll put Luna on maybe. But those are the couple. I'm going to fight over a couple. And then a couple I'm just going to give up on. Uh, what about Lay Cool? Michelle McCall and um, Layla. Layla. No. No? no? Even though she was champion, not just because she was married to the Undertaker. Exactly. All right. I've got... I've got three more lanes. Karma. Have we talked about Karma? The awesome Kong. Awesome Kong being the Royal Rumble. But she didn't make much more of an impact in WWE no. than being in the Rumble. All right. She goes no then. Karma uh. will probably come round to bite me in the arse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's right, fellas. It's right. All right. Last one's my mic drop. One you for. You know who it is? Stephanie McMahon. She makes a list. She'll be number 16. So we'll have uh, nine to fight over with 24 names. I think she should provisionally list for now. Steph. All right. What about Linda? No? No. No, no. All right, anybody else, Dan? I'm just trying to think of recent women now. I know we want recent enough to have made an impact. So we've got 28 maybes. 10 from 28. Oh, that's nice and easy, isn't it? <coughs> nice and easy. Fucking hell. All right. Okay, let's... Okay, let's get this... Oh, Jesus Christ, this is difficult. All right. All right. All right. Okay, all right. Well, let's write off some definite no's. Well, but we don't know... But we don't know, no. Well, the likes of Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, I think Miss Elizabeth... Is one of the greatest of all time. Managers. Um, no. I, I'm, I, Tell me on one there. good mes- wrestling match she's had. She had a great match against Paul Ellering at WrestleWar oh, 96. Exactly. <laughs> manager <laughs> against manager. No, no. great. No, no. I'm not going no, to say no to her. No. I'm no. not going to say yes to her. No. Uh, right, Melina. She can fuck off, can't she? Melina can go. Melina's got Deborah. Deborah, she can go. Deborah's gone. Terry. Terry who? Terry, Terry. Oh, that's Tory. Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds. All right, Terry Reynolds can go as well. I'll give you that. I think Sable should go onto the yes list. You think it's going on the yes list? I, I can't agree with that yet. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, hang on a minute. Who did we just put out? Who did Ricky just Ricky, Gra- Ricky Guerrero. Who was up more over as a hill in the time that she was yes, there? Yes, but she was a fucking that. general but manager. she had so many fucking Shut fans. Up. No. Yes, but as a manager, <laughs> as a general manager. Oh, oh, no, I'm not. Anyway. All right, Maurice. Maurice doesn't make the list then, yeah? Maurice can go. Maurice, yeah, she can go. Yeah, Maurice can go. Martel, Elizabeth... Vicky Guerrero, they're either managers. No, Sherry Martel deserves to be on that list. I tell you what, I'll do, Dan, because we used to do this before. If 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 I put Sherry on the list, I'll let you have Sable. 
Sherry and Sable go on the yes list. Because Sher- Sherry, I-, I need her to be on that list. Sherry Martel will be on that list. Right, right, we'll put a pin in it. Right, okay. We'll come back to that one because I'm going to fucking buy it. All right, uh, Kelly Kelly can go. She wasn't a fucking proper wrestler. Come on. She was about as much a wrestler as Miss Elizabeth and Sherry Martel. No, um, Sherry Martel was a great wrestler. I'm, I'm, when we do the bio for Sherry Martel, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be stunned. Sherry's fucking on now. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Who else can go? Like uh, Gal Kim. Gal Kim's not on there. Is she? she doesn't need to go on a twenty-five, does she? Did she have that much of an impact in WWE? Well, again, you know, she's the first res- women wrestler of Asian descent. Yeah, but Bona Carno and Oscar did it better as well, didn't she? And Oscar's on there, so at least we've got one jab. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound so racist by that, but... Right. All right, Kim's gone. Uh, and people but still... We've got the most historious. We've got Blaze, we've got Moolah, we've got Young. Yeah, but the woman to beat Moolah, to defend that uh, NXT title with, you know... Uh, NXT title, the Women's Championship. I, I don't know. We're going to have to come back to that. going to have to come back to that. The Bellas. Uh, well, I, I don't know, because I don't want the Bellas on there, but part of me thinks they've had such an impact that they might have to be they on said, there. Well, they was about before the Women's Revolution. Yeah, and, and they, they were champions then. We can count them as one, though. Yeah, exactly. But then again, do I really want them on the year? I mean, if they're going to take the place of someone I like... Uh, all right, we'll come back to the Bellas. This is what we're going to be doing for fucking ages now. Um, well, it's only been half hour. It's only been half hour, all right. Um, okay, Natalia. I think she, she does deserve to be on there. Oh, fucking hell. She's uh, got the lineage. She's got the but lineage. But has she really done enough? She's been a constant. Yeah, but we've got Beth Phoenix, the one who's really talented back then, you know? All right, come back to her then. M- Molly Holly deserves to be on that list. Molly Holly was great. So entertaining. She was good, but she, I don't think she was great. I think... Uh, the only good thing she done was have her <laughs> head shaved. That woman just got a stunner from him. Off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> she should be on the list. In the list. All right, uh, get rid of Vicky Guerrero, then. Get rid of Vicky... I, actually, I don't agree with you here. I really don't agree with you. And Vicky and Miss Elizabeth, they deserve... Right. The okay. first woman of wrestling, Miss Elizabeth. You're not going to... You know what I mean? Vicky and Elizabeth... Then, but then they'd make the valet page. I think the valet is just so sexist, you know? It's like. Well, no, it's not going to be managers and manageresses. It's not going to be just valets. If we're going to do a top 25 women and Miss Elizabeth's not going to be on that list. What are people going to think? They're going to think, well, why have you not included one of, the, one of the women that I watched as a child? You know, people watch just children. Miss Elizabeth, the history of that. But how many people are going to be annoyed by that? I'm, I'm, Miss Liz, I'll, I'll get rid of Vicky. I'm, I'm, Miss, Miss Liz is a maybe still. I've already crossed her out. No, I think but... fuck you fucking put her back up there. Otherwise, I'll cross out one of your fucking ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's getting personal now. I've got the pen in my hand. Uh, you just made off the list. Well, who the fuck else is there? Paige doesn't deserve... Well, she is... deserves to be there as much as... I know she's been off injured, but the reception she gets when she returns... Okay, tell me a great Paige match. <laughs> Page versus Oscar. <laughs> no, no, they never faced each other. Oh, well, tell me, <laughs> tell me, any of the other women on the yes list have had a film made about them? Uh, yeah, but that's not important, is it? Uh, Paul, Miss Elizabeth had lots of documentaries about her fucking. Yeah, why you shouldn't do? Yeah, Pope. exactly. Yeah, but still, exactly. <laughs> uh, how the fuck are we going to cut this down? Right. Right, are we doing women or are we doing women wrestlers? We're doing women of all time. It's not just wrestling, it's women. That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah, but when we done men, it was men wrestlers. Because I'd have had Paul Heyman. I'd have Lord Alfred Hayes. Exactly. I'd have had Gorilla and Bobby McFay. Sherry Martel. Sherry, no, Sherry Martel deserves to be on this fucking list. All right. I don't, I don't care what you say. Right. We've got 18, and we need to fill... Would you really miss Jazz if she weren't on the list? All right, get rid of Jazz. Well, Bliss is there still, maybe. Right, leave Bliss out. Okay, Sunny. Get rid of it. She never really made an impact on mine. All right, get rid of it. She made an impact on mine. <laughs> on your penis. <laughs> but we won't go into that. Fucking hell. The nose are filled up quickly, but we've still got 17 left, and we need to get 10. So we need to get rid of six. Six need to go. I do like Victoria, though. This is the thing. I think she was good. I thought, yeah, she played yeah. a pivotal part of the Attitude Era. Yeah, you know, Stevie Richards. Part Rich. of Right to Censor. Stevie Richards. That's Ivory. Ivory, that's, it. that's what I meant. <laughs> Victoria's the other one. She was a crazy one who uh, feuded with Trish. Again, Steph as part of a wrestling, because I, I believe this should be women wrestlers, personally. And Steph, even though she was a major pivotal part of WWE, I don't think oh, we'll get, she's we'll get rid of Steph then. We'll get rid of Steph. If we get rid of Elizabeth, I'll let you have Martel on the S list. Don't, I uh, don't forget you, Miss Lee. It's, it's his fault. Like, Make this, may you rest in peace. I, I don't think Natalia has done enough to be on the list yet. Who's done more? Out of Natalia, Paige, Bellas, AJ Lee, who would you have around that time? That's what we've got to start splitting up with because we've got to have different aspects of... Do you well, know what I mean? I think the Bellas have done more, but AJ Lee made more of an impact because when she was involved in like... I know she's... But then again, AJ Lee wasn't really much of a but then again, performer. Yeah, but what about we get... <sighs> Get Paige and Natalia and put on the list Bellas and AJ. Did she really do enough? I, I, I want, yeah, I love Molly and I want Molly in there. I mean, I think Molly dims in her time. Or Victoria. So it's going to be between Molly, Mickey and Vicky. <laughs> no, Vicky. I think we should get rid of Wendy Richter. Because we don't know enough about Well, her, I already we? said that ages ago. Oh, but if you're finally her. getting on board. All right, Wendy, get rid of her. Right, so one left. The daughter of Mad Dog Vashorn. She should be on that list. If you're, if you're talking about top 25 women wrestlers of all time, if that's what you're... Why the fuck is Sable on the list? On this list? Why, why is she here? On that list. She's not well, any she good. Maybe. Yeah, but I'm saying Sable's one of the... Well, she was just a name that was read out. I don't know why she's been argued into it. You said Sable. Yeah, I said Sable, but I didn't say... You said Sable needs to go on the maybe. list. So we get rid of Sable? We'll get rid of Sable. Sable. All right. Done. That's it. That's it. We're done. So 25. Oh, shit. All right. I'm gonna, can I ask Miss Kitty for Miss Elizabeth? I don't know why Miss Kitty's made it to 25. Miss Kitty shouldn't be on there. Miss Elizabeth for Miss Kitty. Go on. Miss for a miss. You won't miss her. <laughs> no, I don't think she should be, though, because she's not a wrestler. Yeah, but Miss Kitty shouldn't be on the list. Why is Miss Kitty there? And fucking people are like... Well, Sable should be there for her, if anyone. Oh, all right, all right, get rid of Miss Kitty. You see, you wanted Sable in there anyway. Well, no, but she was just, A, the first name I came across. <laughs> but I still think she made more of an impact in the ring. Oh, fucking hell. We've still got to do the fucking numbers as well. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Oh, Jesus Christ. We What we're going to do is we'll put them into our own top 25 list. Right. And whichever ones match... That's what going to the position, and then yeah. we can add like 
So if you've got someone at five and I've got someone at seven, then they're going at number six and yeah. so on and so forth. Right. And then we can so make sure places. you've done your homework by next week then, okay? Yes, Daddy. Uh, did you, was that a lot harder than you thought it was going to be, Dan? It was very hard thinking of all these women. No, honestly, though. Was it more difficult than you thought? It was, yeah. Because when I said to you 25 women, you thought, uh, is there really enough? I think we've proved now that there is an abundance of, uh, of women out there. I mean, 31 missed out, 25 made it in. Blaze, Moola, May, Young, Trish, Lita, China, Sable, Beth Phoenix, Ivory, Jackie, Bailey. Uh, Banks, Lynch, Bailey. Bailey, Banks, Charlotte, Lynch, Oscar, Sherry. Bellas, AJ, Luna, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Molly Holly, Mickey James, Victoria and Bliss. So, Dan, are you happy with it? <sighs> I'm not unhappy. <laughs> Is there anybody in there that you wanted in there that hasn't got in? I don't know. I wanted Vicky Guerrero in there. We'll switch, <laughs> her for, we'll switch her for Bliss. How's about me? The most beautiful woman in wrestling, replacing Bliss. What about <laughs> Right, should we go for a rundown of yeah, all right. who's going to be in our top 25? Who is going to be in our top 25? We're going to give you the order. All right, so we've got Alanja Blaze, Fabulous Moolah, Mae Young, Trish Jattis, and Lita. We've also got Alexa Bliss, China, Beth Phoenix, Ivory, and Jackie. We've got Bailey, Banks, Charlotte, Lynch, and of course, Asuka. Martel, Sable, Bellas, AJ Lee, and Luna. And how many is that? We've got Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Molly Holly, Mickey James, and Victoria. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Is that 25? Yeah. So there we go. So, yeah, we're happy with WR125. Yeah, so there we go. So that is it. The WR125 will be ahead of you. We'll work out who is in the 25, and we'll have massive arguments about that. But I think everybody enjoys listening. Uh, I'm sure they do. I think they listen more for the arguments than they do for us talking uh, about yeah, wrestling. I really do now. I do think that. Arguments and impressions. That doesn't mean you can do one, though. Okay, so that is it, then. We'll leave you like this, and we'll just say hello to James and Dan in the future. Hello, boys. <laughs> Hi, boys. Okay, Dan, so let's have a fight. I'm not going to record this. This is going to be either something extra or added on after we've done it completely. Because obviously we want to be a polished show when we do it. So let's have a fight. We have picked out top 25 women. that uh, The clip that everybody just heard. And now we're going to have to make it into uh, a top 25 list. Which is sometimes is even harder. I mean the WNR50... We took over four days of hostile negotiations to get that down to 50. And I'm still not happy. You're still not happy about it. Uh, but we'll see what we do with top 25. We have made one quick change. We should say Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson now will be treated as one person. And we'll get on to the reasons for that as well on the list. And Wendy Richter makes the top 25 list. She does indeed. So let's kick start. Our uh, top 25, Dan, see how similar we are. Should we start back end or should we start right at the front? We'll start at the arse. We'll start at the arse. So who's your number 25? Luna. Oh, no. She's uh, my number 14. <laughs> <laughs> so the battle begins. There we go. All right, we'll come back to that because that's quite a big sway, isn't it? So who's 24? Sable. Sable's 24 for me. All right, so there we go. So Sable's Sable in her place. 25. Sable, huh? She goes to 25. No, if it's bang on number, she stays on number, isn't it? 
Well, no, because she's, aside from Luna, she's the bottom of mine and the bottom of yours. So Luna's going to be moving up, so then Sable will be then become bottom. Well, should we see how many n- n- numbers we've got in the right places first? If we've got, like, you know what I mean, 15 in the right places, then we can just fiddle about the other 10. Yeah, but then, you what, so who's your bottom? Wendy Richter, where's she on your list? She's 14th. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> She's your full team. Yeah. And my 25th. And my 25th is She's your full team. <laughs> so therefore, Sable must go to the bottom. <laughs> That's amazing, though. How, how can that work out in what... <laughs> oh, hang on. Let's just see everybody we've got the right player. We've we got to go. Right, number 23. Oh, shit. You ain't going to be happy with that. She's my number 7. 22? Who's your number 23 first? Oh, right. 23 is Bellas. They're a little bit harder. <laughs> um, 22 is Wilson Keebler. Yeah, 22 is Wilson Keebler as well. So they're four. If the, well, yeah, Wilson Keebler, 22. Uh, all right, 21. You? My, my 21's Bliss. Mine's Mickey. Oh, Mickey, my, my, Mickey Jane's 20 for me. Who's your number 20? AJ Lee. AJ Lee. AJ Lee's... 13 on my list. 19, I've got Lynch. Uh, Victoria. Oh, 18, Victoria for me. <laughs> 17. Molly. Molly, oh, 17's Bailey. 16. Uh, Ivory. I've got Banks. 15. I've got Beth, Beth Phoenix. 14, Luna, we said. 13. AJ. 12. <laughs> uh, Beth. Jackie. 11. Alindra. Uh, Molly, 10. Charlotte. Uh, hang on. 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. She's my 8. 10. So Banks is 10. Banks is 10. Charlotte's 9. My 9's Oscar. My 9 is Lynch. Oh, 8 is Ivory. 8 is Flair. Like 7, Sherry. Bliss. You put Bliss at number 7. Uh, 6, Lita. Moolah. Uh five Blaze. May Young. Four May Young. Four Oscar. Uh three Moolah. Three's China. Two Trish. Two's Lita. And who's your number one then? Stratus. Mine's China. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let the negotiation. Oh begin. my god. Alright. Where's Lita on yours? Sixth. Sixth. Hmm. Is she second on yours? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think Leet was as good to work her as or had the impact. I mean, what did you base your picks on? Personal preference. Yeah, I I, I picked it. I picked on like kind of impact they had in the sport and kind of what we remember from now. I think that's why for me, Moon and May Young, third and fourth. Think especially with the May Young Classic, I'm going to give that to her Moon as well. And May Young are fifth and sixth on mine. Yeah, mine fourth and uh, third and fourth. But Blaze is outside your top ten, isn't she? Uh, Blaze is 11. Yeah, Blaze is 5th for me. Alright, let's, let's try and work out then. Um, Sable is off. Right, but, uh, so who's your 25? Luna. Luna, and my 25 is Richter. So, we're both full team, we're both 25. So, what's halfway between that 7? Well, I don't mind Richter going down further. 23rd, I'll have her. 
Yeah, well, I don't want Luna to go into the 20s. I no. didn't say she has. I just no, said no, I'm I happy. Say, no, yeah, I, I know, I know. think about <laughs> Did I? Did I? No, but I know what you're... Oh, Luna's... I can barter Luna with, with Bliss or someone who... Oh, okay, who right. There we go, then. That's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, all right, fine. So when do Rick's a 23? 23. Okay, so Richter's gone now. All right, so who's your 23? 23 is Sherry. All right, Sherry's in my top 10. So Sherry is is moving up on the other side. We'll so leave her a, a button. Yeah, Sherry and, and Luna comes out. Sherry and Luna. Who's the 22? Wilson Keebler? Yeah. Right, we move them up 20 f- to 24 then. Yeah, that's fair enough, because they're both 22 for us. And the reason why they are... Yeah, tell them, tell them. The reason why they are one person... <laughs> Is because they who they were who we thought were the fittest. Yeah. Back from the Attitude Era. Of course, yeah. But if you look at the impact together, came from WCW, came into WWE together, had of course the Brian Panties match at Invasion with Trish and Lita, uh, a match I've been watching last night just for purposes on the Research list. Purpose. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on, guys. All right, so we've got 25, 24, 23. So but my Bellas are 23. So where are your Bellas? Oh, that's well, a I don't mind them moving down. Yeah, but they don't want to be 22nd, do they? I mean, who who we got in front of them? I've got, well, fucking hours. It's not easy, is it? Who you got in front of yours? Who's um, who's your 21, 20? Mickey, AJ Lee. Right. Oh, I'd have the Bellas below them. That doesn't but Mickey James is in, Mickey James is my 20th as well. Mickey James, so, so 21? 21, Mickey James, 22 Bellas, yeah? And the reason why the Bellas are two people is, well, because they are. I think Mickey James is, is oh, I'm lucky sure to be on the list. I'm sure I have a load of fucking bliss bartering points. <laughs> I'm sure I have. Fucking dropping the Bellas eight places. No, <laughs> ten places. Uh, <laughs> all right. Bliss so is going to be top. Bellas tonight. All right, Bliss is my 21, but I don't mind her being up the list. So yeah, we'll, No, Bliss is not 21. No, no, sorry. Bliss is... Uh, on your list. Yeah, Bliss is my 21, yeah. But we'll, we'll come we, back. We, we okay, so Becky Lynch. Right, out of the four horsemen. Yes, right, okay, yeah. What's your four horsewomen order? Because mine goes Flair, Lynch, Banks, Bailey. Mine goes Banks. Hang on, I better look at my fucking list. Mine goes. No, I'm lying to you. Mine goes Charlotte, Banks, Bailey, Lynch. So Lynch is bottom of your list as well, aren't you? Oh, yeah, second on your side. But you quite like Lynch, don't you? I'll, I'll do it again. It's... All right, I'll to with Lynch. I mean, I don't mind putting down someone else. Bailey? Where's... Who, how, where's she on yours? Bailey is still quite... She's 17th. 17th. There's only Victoria, Lynch and Bliss behind her. I, I've put Molly 11th, but I don't mind Molly. Where's Molly on yours? So Molly... I don't Molly... What about Ivory? Where's Ivory on yours? Oh, Ivory's in my top 10. Oh, right. <laughs> My top ten is going to be pretty hard for me to uh, to fight about. Uh, well, okay, AJ Lee's 13th on mine. Where's she on yours? 20th, AJ Lee. Right, who's worse out of AJ Lee? What about Jackie? Where's Jackie on yours? Jackie's 12th, but I don't mind moving her. The only reason I put her 12th is because she beat a bloke. Well, she... <laughs> she, she won the Cruiserweight title. That's the only reason. I don't mind putting Jackie in, in, in 19th. Don't act like you're doing me a favour. No, I'll do you a favour with Jackie and no, I. Do. You, I don't want the favour. No, yeah, because Jackie's my 12th, so... All right, we'll leave Jackie then. Leave. Um... All right, I'll put Luna at 19th then. You can put her if you want. No, 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 no. Because Sherry's going to be my one I want in the top 10. 19. Luna. 19. There we go, Dan. See, we've already got six. 
<laughs> and it's only been what two and a half hours. It's fine. <laughs> I was trying to go to bed. <laughs> You're not going to bed until we get this done. All right, eighteen. Let's be serious now. AJ Lee goes in at eighteen because she's thirteenth on my list, but I don't mind her backing her up a little bit. Again, don't act like you're doing me. No, a favor. I am doing you a favour. I've done AJ a little bit. I think AJ's had more of an impact than Bailey. Yeah. What would you say? I don't. I don't know. Again, I'm going on in ring. AJ's a good worker, but I understand your point. Uh, See, so yeah, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from there. Uh, oh, fucking hell, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. All oh, right. Oh God. It's, this is difficult. Molly Holly and Jackie, AJ Lee, Bailey. Right, Bliss, Lynch and Bailey versus Beth, AJ, Jackie. Who are you going for? Who's your favourite team? So, Bliss. Bliss, Lynch and Bailey versus AJ, Jackie. Who do you like more out of the six? Bliss, Lynch and Bailey. All right, but I've got them the other way. If it was switched, you know what I mean? I've got it the other way around, though. Bailey Lynch Bliss. No, no, I've got it. Molly, Jackie, AJ ahead of Banks, Bailey, Lynch. Well, AJ's already. Jackie, no, AJ's, AJ's not. What, she 18th, yeah? You said AJ's. 18th. Yeah, but I said, like, we're not confirm it. You said I'm not doing uh, any points. You said AJ's 18th. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, we're not confirming that. All right, AJ Leland. Well, out of a lot of them, where's Lynch in yours? Uh, Lynch is 19th. 19. Well, we could put Lynch at 17. All right, Lynch at 17. Now, but I'm not doing you any favours. <laughs> uh, some more Bliss points for me. <laughs> I can't believe Bliss hasn't come up yet. She went, she's my 21st. You want to win a top 10? No, we, we just... I don't mind uh, being, you know, between 10 and 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10 and 14. We'll, we'll see what we'll see if we can squeeze in there. Uh, yeah. Squeeze her in. But you are forgetting she is the first and only Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Well, up next, number sixteen, should we have the only cruiserweight champion on our list in Jacqueline? Jacqueline, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have her in at sixteen. Sixteen. Banks or Bailey? Who you rate more? I I rate uh, Banks a lot I more. Rate Banks, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, but fifteen Bailey then. Bailey. Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah. Ivory or Molly. Uh, all right, M- Molly, because I like Ivory a lot. Molly oh. at 14? Yeah, Molly at 14, but I wouldn't mind Ivory. Well, it's top 10, but I'll see how she goes. So we just had Bailey, Molly, so we need someone kind of new. Banks or Flair? No, fuck that, Bliss. Bliss, I reckon she's a good fit at 11, because she's got legs at 11. No, but she, Charlotte and Banks are better than her. Come on, in, in a match, they, they, you know, you, you know that. You know that. Uh, where have you got blank, Banks and Flair? Uh, Flair is Flair makes my top ten, and Banks is Banks is sixteenth. Well, Banks at thirteen. So she's moving up on yours, moving down on mine. All right, all right, all right. So Banks thirteen, Bliss twelve, Bliss twelve, Beth eleven, Beth Phoenix. Where's Beth Phoenix in yours? So now it's top ten time. So so far we've got right Martel at ten. Right, <laughs> we've got both got ten left. Yeah, but my 10 are... Are your top 10 still complete? What, you, what in mine? As in, yeah, if you went for your list now, is everybody in, is, uh, you said in your top 10 one, in there? Two, three, four, five, six, seven of my top 10. And so then it goes down to... Sherry. 17. 
and then Sherry. Sherry Ivory Blaze, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So for to be fair, because I've got Charlotte and Oscar in there as well. I've got Charlotte and Oscar in there as well. But Charlotte, yeah, but I've got Charlotte in the ten and then Oscar at nine. Where's Charlotte and Oscar in yours? Charlotte's eight. Oscar's four. Oscar's four. Fucking hell. Oh, well, that's because of the major impact she's had on NXT. Yeah. And the impact that she's going to have on Raw. <laughs> All right. Should we do Charlotte at ten, Ivory at nine, or Ivory at ten, Charlotte at nine? We're missing out Martella. Yes. Yeah, okay, Sherry's going <laughs> to. She's not going higher than eight then. And then Oscar at seven. Oscar at seven? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on, let's get. So number 10, who was saying? Charlotte at 10, yeah? We're forgetting about Blaze as well, though. But Sherry can go eight, yeah. So what? Oscar Oscar seventh. Oscar seventh. Blaze at six, yeah. Fifth. <laughs> she was 11 from mine, so you've got the fucking Blaze points there. Uh, all right, top five. Right. So our top fives consist of China, Trish, Moolah, Mae Young. Lita. Lita's sick for mine. Where's she on yours? Oh, okay, right. But I think Moolah grouped together, shouldn't they? But number one, I mean, if you've gone Trish's number one, I've gone, where's China on yours? Three. So China's first on mine, so therefore Trish should be number one then. Where's she on yours too? Two. If she's two and you'll pick one. one. So we've got, yeah, so Trish. Do you want to do May, Lita, Moolah? I know I said I grouped together, but if Lita's third on yours... Third is May. No, third is Moolah. Moolah. Yeah, fourth Lita, fifth May Young. Because Moolah held the title for 40 years. So, these <laughs> so, girls can hold the title for 40 oh, fucking so, years. So... <laughs> then come to me and tell me that Does she's worth Moolah win it in... 2000 and something as well she won at one of the matches what yeah. we're going to do as well we're going to have some matches lined up that tells us the story of these women from the 80s all the way to the present day right so our top 25 I'm, I'm happy I'm kind of yeah I mean I wouldn't mind trying at number one but if Trish if that's the way it's number one you know I think you know just for the simple fact that she was Vince McMahon's dog yeah. She was the T and A in T and A. She was a seven-time women's champion. Don't know. We we'll get all the facts. We've got all this stuff on there, haven't we? So, yeah. Last words, Dan. What are you thinking of the one, two, five? Yeah, you know the the list was a great one. Yeah. And we've watched some very memorable matches as well uh, from the women's watch list. You can always go back and watch them because we didn't get too much chance to commentate and give our unique views aside from the last few matches but there's a lot on there um we've given you the dates and the episodes and the matchups uh if anybody anybody's got anything to say about this if you think who should have been number one any changes someone who should have been on the list like miss elizabeth or someone who shouldn't have been on the list like Alexa Bliss. anyone but little miss no. bliss if anybody wants to let us know you can do it by uh, following us on Twitter in our review or at Vince McDan WWE I'm at J underscore Rollins and we've also got a friend on Twitter Dan yes we have it's uh, Mini Chris Benoit and he, he is at Mini Chris Benoit uh, he's just trying to make the world a better place you can follow him yeah well we're also on Facebook yes Facebook you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast or you can come and find me and add me as a friend I am Vince McDan Across all the Google platforms at Google Plus, the WWE Network Review. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, you can subscribe to our 
channel, the WWE Network Review podcast, and the clips go up there all the time. Podcasts go at the same time as do other places, like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got live shows, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that's it, Down Last words on the WNR125. Well, Mr. Mark Tardis, I hope it was worth the wait. You was uh, tweeting us earlier on in the week, so I thought you'd give you a little shout-out at the end of the show. And hopefully, you know, you, you agree with our list, or you agree with my list. Yes. Next podcast, WNR 126, it is Head in the Cell 2017 Smackdown Present. But that is all for today. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. Bye.